The discussions that take place during this episode may contain topics that are controversial, sensitive, explicit, offensive, and or an inaccurate or outdated representation and or mistreatment of marginalized peoples and or cultures. This content may not be appropriate for everyone. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to entertain. While we always do our best to present factual and researched information, this does not indicate that everything said on the We Watch Disney podcast is factually and or historically accurate. We encourage you, the listener, to engage in your own research as well. Please use discretion when enjoying our show. And now, let's get on with the show. Listening to you're listening to you're listening to you're listening to you're listening to the, the We Watch, Watch Disney, Disney podcast. podcast. And we're back. We are back. It is the We Watch Disney Podcast, a place where we chronologically review everything through the decades on Disney Plus. Let's go around the table. Who's here? Hills. And Dan makes three. See, that time I introduced myself. Good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Last time you didn't. So, Wait, we're missing two people. So sad. Again. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we got lives. Yeah. They, <laughs> we have other, we have, they have other things to do. And here we are, the three of us on a Saturday night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fine. We have busy days. That's so true. We stuff. We That's did. true. We're more day people. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this episode is kind of like a season finale for us because mm-hmm. after... Because after this one, we're done with the 40s. <gasps> wow. So season World one was War like, two is over. Season two is all the 40s. That's how I'm just going to go about doing this. And then season yeah. three will be the 50s. Oh, I like that. Oh, too bad it's not like season five. Yeah. No. That's we're right. very far behind. On, but we'll get there. On with the decade. Mm. To the next decade. I think like with TV shows, season three is like when shows hit their sweet spot. When so, they kind of got like everything figured out, so, so there's a lot of pressure on these next couple of episodes. It's oh coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. We coming. But that's. I'll tell you what kicks off season three all the way at the end. We don't have to worry about that now. Today, our movie, 1949 classic. Um, I don't think any of us saw it before no. we did this, so really? it's the first time for all I of us. I have thought you? you did, because when you so when you asked me if I saw this and I said no, you were like shocked. Only because it seems like something you would have watched. Yeah, on your I, own. I'm surprised I never watched yeah. this because I really liked it. No, Anyways. I never saw it. I don't know about you, but it was not what I was expecting at all before no, watching. No, I thought that it was going to be a combo. Like, together. well, it was. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, but I thought. Well, I don't want to give it away. Well, the film is the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. So, like, you think it's a movie about Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Yeah. Together, but it's not. It's it's, it's like. Not. Two shorts and this one. This is the yeah. last <laughs> film that Disney did that was one of these packaged films that they did during this time. But this Two one, I didn't, I didn't even mind, though, because they were, like, longer than a regular short. Yeah. They were. They were, like, yeah. a half hour each-ish. Yeah. yeah. That's what they were, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're going to be reviewing today. Oh and God, I Malachi on, like, my cleavage. Oh, sorry, everyone. Malachi's in your cleavage? His fur. Malachi. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't really mean scary. It's his fur. He's like, what? I didn't do anything. <laughs> he was just cleaning himself, and then he stopped and looked at me. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> All right, well, are we ready to learn about the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad? So ready to learn. Yeah? Always. All right, well, let's go back to 1938. 
Great. A whole decade back. Wow. Shortly after the release and the success of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, James Bodrero and Campbell Grant, two animators on the Disney staff, pitched the idea to Walt about having a feature film of Kenneth Graham's 1908 children's book, The Wind in the Willows. They felt that since the book featured anthropomorphic animals, it could easily be presented in animation like Disney does. I agree. So they drafted up a storyboard and presented the film to Walt. And Walt was skeptical of the idea, however, but... Why? Um, he felt it was awfully corny. Those are the quotes that That's I found. what he thought? He thought it was awfully corny? Walt what? thought that the tale might have been a little bit corny for Disney, I Wait. guess. Wait. Which tale? From the book? The the book, The Winds in the Willows. But what's the wind? That's, that's Mr. The, Toad. That's oh, that's the, the book Toad that Mr. Toad is from. Right, yes. right, right. Sorry. He still acquired the rights for it in April 1938, though, that Just year. Just in case. Yeah, it was, the intention was to turn it into its own feature film of the same name. Wait, isn't there a movie called The Wind in the Willows, though? Like, is it like did they make a, a separate one? So here's the confusing thing. You can find from Walt Disney The Wind in the Willows, but that's just the 30-minute oh. thing that you saw. And you can separately find The Legend of Sleepy Hollow under the Disney name, but that's a separate thing, too. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad is those two things combined into okay, one film. Okay, because I've definitely heard of The Wind in the Willows, that threw but me, I, I was confused because I was like, well, that's the same thing. That threw me off when I was researching this because I would also find, like, because on IMDb a lot of times they have, like, if you like this, you'll also like, yeah. and it would yeah. say The Wind in the Willows. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this? We just reviewed that. Yeah. But that's why. So is it a different story? It's the same thing. It's the same thing, just they've released it separately it on its it own. And they've released it as a package with both yeah, of them combined. Yeah, so it, the Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad are the both of them combined. Yes. Why wouldn't they call it Wind Willow and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? Yeah. Were it like two separate ones? Like release them separately? Why? No, she's saying the package one. Why'd they call it? Why'd one? they change the title? Well, because one only applies to one of them. Like the Ichabod story is The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. The Mr. Toad one is The Wind in the Willow. So if you call it just one of those... One of them is left out of the title. So they went with a title that they felt combined both of them. Why couldn't the they say... The Winds in Sleepy Hollow? No, Winds in Willow and Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. Oh. Like, why couldn't they just... Like, I mean, just like take it, the two names and just say this and this. Yeah. They could have done that. I guess they just thought this was more fun. The Adventures of... So fun. Yeah, I And guess. misleading. Did they make the... Did they release the two first? Or did they release the two, them no. two separately after? No, they were released first as a package in this film. Oh, okay, because okay. I was going to say maybe they're trying to get people to come and watch it again. Yeah, and maybe. Put it, yeah, you know, maybe. But they didn't. Wow, I would be so mad. Yeah. But that's in 1938, and from here, the story goes through production hell. Between delays due to rewrites, the animation strike in 1941, Bank of America issued Disney an ultimatum when they permitted a loan for them of $3.5 million. Restrict yourself to producing animated shorts, which we're done with those, and finish features already in production, i.e. Dumbo, Bambi, The Winds and the Willows. Okay. So they said... Those were all in production at the same time? Those were all on the production table for the for Disney. They basically told them, you're not getting any more money for us and going and having coming up with other ideas and like, we're going to start this, we're going to start that. No. Yeah. You're going to finish these things. You're going to work um, and like pay off the debt. Yeah. And then go do whatever you want. Right. But you're not doing anything until you make these films. Okay, so what happened to this one then? Because clearly... It well, took like 10 years. Yeah. Um, so Did it just get tabled because like... It kept getting tabled. Okay. It would go on to delay films like Alice in Wonderland and Lady and the Tramp that Walt already had in his mind, but they couldn't even touch them because mm -hmm. they had to finish these ones up first. So production uh. continues... 
But after reviewing the footage that they already did on The Wind in the Willows, Disney decides to shelve the project, saying the quality was far too below the standard necessary to be successful on the market. I mean, I, I think that's fair. In other fair. words, it sucks. Well, I think that's fair in that, like, when you compare it to the other projects that were being worked on at the time, like, you really couldn't put that in theaters or, like, anything like that and mm -hmm. have it be successful. Like, it wouldn't generate back the money that it costs to make. And it's shorter than everything else. Right. Production wouldn't resume until five years later in 1946. Under mm -hmm. Disney's strict orders, the film was shortened to just 25 minutes. But guess what? what? Project was shelved again. <laughs> oh, no. When layoffs no. happened in 1946, August. Okay. So, production was put on hold for so long, there were even, like, stories and legends that animators who were working on The Winds and the Willows... They went off to war for World War II, and yeah. when they were done with war, four years later, they came back. They were working on the exact same wow. film sequence that they left off. They're with. like, this is where I left yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Like, Meanwhile, four months later in December of 1946, Disney starts production on a new animated feature, an adaptation of Washington Irving's The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. About a month later, uh, plans fruition to combine The Winds and the Willows and The Legend of Happy Valley, which would later go on to be Mickey and the Beanstalk, mm -hmm. and The Gremlins, a story by Roald Dahl. Yeah. These three... They would, made The Gremlins? They were going to make The Gremlins. That's really funny. Have you seen The Gremlins? It's no. a movie. Oh, no. Well, you never saw it from Disney, because these three would be packaged together in a film called The Three Fabulous Characters. However... That's a stupid The Three Caballeros? <laughs> basically. Gremlins failed to materialize, and the title was changed uh, to Two Fabulous Characters. That's such a stupid title. Then... That's literally Three Caballeros, because they only... Okay, I know. Yeah. Then, The Legend of the Happy Valley is cut from the project in favor of putting it in Fun and Fancy Free, which is mm -hmm. a film that we skipped, because that was like a four-package film. I've seen that one. That one, I think, has the story of, like, Johnny Appleseed yeah. and... Uh, I don't remember all of them. Cro I don't know. Yeah. No, they said it in um, this, they, in the well, intro. Bing Crosby mentions Johnny Appleseed. And Pecos Bill. And yeah, David Crockett. Yeah. And, um, and there was another one. Yeah. Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. Yeah. So they paid Finally. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's right. Finally, in 1947, it is decided to pair The Winds and the Willows with The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, as both films were not long enough to merit their own single film. That's fair. Well, they could have. Yeah, they could have. They could have. There is another Sleepy Hollow movie that is long by itself that I will talk about because I'm pretty sure neither. Well, you've seen it. You have not seen I've, it. I've, I know I've you have never seen, seen, seen anything. Yeah. In my life. Have I seen it? The one with Johnny Depp? I don't know if I have. And Christina Ritchie? Oh, yes, I have. You've seen it. Yeah, Come yeah. on. Okay. You've, you can't have been with me this long and not seen it. Yeah. I love so, that movie. The two stories are combined, and the new title of the pairing would be The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. How was this film perceived? Uh, pretty well on its release. Um, it was praised for getting Bing Crosby and... Ba listen to this name. Basil Rathbone. That's the other narrator. Ah. Um... You can tell Disney knew it was a big deal to get Bing Crosby during this time. Yeah. Um, because if you look at the movie poster, it's like... Just uh, him. The, adventure, <laughs> the Adventures of Vicka Bottom is so... Bing Crosby! Like, wow. blasted right on there. And underneath it says, Hear Bing Sing. So they were, like, okay. all in. Which Bing. one did he do? He did uh, Le Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You definitely, like, recognize his you books from, Bing like, Crosby. Christmas songs. White Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. White Christmas... Um, I mean, I know the voice. I just, I wouldn't. Yeah. I'll well, tell like, you, you know the voice because he's a, he's pretty yeah. well, you know, well known. 
Uh, a lot of even if you don't know his name, you know his work. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people also pointed to the presentation of comedy for all age groups in this film. Mm -hmm. um, there was enough action for the children. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. And there was some over the head kind of jokes right. for the adults. Mm -hmm. uh, interestingly enough, the depiction of the Headless Horseman is often cited as one of Disney's scariest villains, frequently yeah. frightening children and receiving complaints from parents. Well, I mean, because it's a ghost story. Yeah. Like, what do you want? It's no. a ghost story. Yeah, it's supposed to be scary. Yeah. I actually, and I wrote this at the end, like, kind of just re reviewing everything. I think this is one of the things that Disney does better back then than mm -hmm. they do now. I think they do a really good job of making scary villains. Yeah. Like, we've already seen, just from what we've seen, we've seen Chernabog, we've seen mm -hmm. the Headless Horseman, the Evil Witch. Um, the Evil Queen. Oh, the Evil Queen. Queen, I'm sorry. Um, like, I feel like they do a very good job. Yeah, they make them... Man in the Forest, they're all, like, scary menacing. in their own way. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, Rotten Tomatoes currently holds a rating of 88% among critics and a 71% rating among audiences. And then finally, in the parks, where can we find these two characters? You want to shout any out? Well, the adventures. Uh, wait, what is it called? Ica Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Mr. Toad's Wild right? Ride. That's in Disneyland. It used to be in Disney World, correct. but now it now Winnie the Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is where the ride used to be. And what's in the ride? Well, there's a photo. Well, a photo. photo. Right of um, Mr. Toad handing the deed over to Owl. He's just throwing that deed around every to everybody. No. <laughs> and have you seen that? You've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And Mr. Toad is in the. Haunted Mansion Graveyard. That's You're right. right. He is. That's you. So what else you got? There's that creepy pop. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to fucking tell That you refused to buy. Yeah. It's hideous. It's so, I mean, it's gone now. But it is gone. It's horrible looking. I know. I said that when we have our first kid, if we have a boy, that we're going to dress him up as Mr. Toad. <gasps> That's going to be his Halloween costume. That should be his Halloween costume. <laughs> right? I yeah. think so. Yeah. What about, um... The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, where can you find that in Disney? Don't tell me. I mean, you can find it I've got at two. Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. That's one. Where, where? The beginning of the parade. The Headless Horseman is the one who starts the parade. He goes riding down Main Street. And there's one more. Don't tell me. Is it in Magic Kingdom? It's in Magic Kingdom. Don't tell me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know what it you is. You know so I'm gonna, Yeah, but I'm going to let But her. will I be able to figure it out? Yeah, you will. Is it... Um. Do you want a hint? Is it in Liberty Square? It is. Is it? I mean, what's you're in so Liberty close Square? To uh, you tell Just me. Just think, think, think. Think. You're you're coming off the bridge. Yeah. Going into Liberty Square. Oh, oh, Sleepy Hollow refreshments. There you go. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's where you can find. I was those. like, yeah. I was like the Hall of Presidents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <All>, almost. <laughs> Yeah, Ichabod Crane, you know, the 17th president of the United States. Yeah, he's, he's, he's among all the presidents yeah. at the end there. Yeah. Him and Ben Franklin. <laughs> all right, let's get into this one. So, the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Bing and Walt combine their talents in a new and thrilling cartoon feature. Released on October 5th, 1949, rated G, with a note about tobacco use at the beginning, and a runtime on Disney Plus of one hour, nine minutes, and 18 seconds. Directed by Jack Kinney, Glyde Geronimi, and James Elgar. Distributed by RKO Pic Radio Pictures. Starring Ed Bloor, J. Pat O'Malley, Bing Crosby, and Basil Rathbone. Danny Razzle Dazzle. Razzle Dazzle. 
All right, so the overture begins in the opening credits. Um, we open up live action style viewing a bookcase with a bunch of different tales on display. Our first narrator, who is Heck Basil yeah. Rathbone, <laughs> asked if you were to if you were asked to choose the most fabulous character in English literature, who would it be? Yeah, and like for some reason they picked Mr. Toad because honestly, like yeah, he goes wasn't that fabulous. No, he's, he's putting him above like mess. Robin Hood. King Arthur, Winnie the Pooh, Sherlock Holmes. I think he said Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. By the way, he says Sherlock Holmes. Basil Rathbone. His most famous role is actually Sherlock Holmes. Mm. He played him in like fourteen films through like seven years or something like that. Well, wait, Winnie the Pooh wasn't created yet. Yeah. No, but. Well, I don't know if. It, well, not the book Disney, might have been. I don't know when be. the book came out. Yeah. Oh yeah, true. Winnie the Pooh is a 1926 children's book. Oh, so it's been by out English author A. A. Milne. Oh, so all right, out. so it's been out. So it was out. You're right. Only 20 years, though. It hasn't gained no notoriety. Yeah. You know? Wait, who was really... Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> I don't even know. But I, I had the book as a kid. My aunt gave it to me, and it was one of my most prized possessions. Mm. You still have it? I'm pretty sure I do. I think it's in the attic. Mm. It was like a combo of all the stories. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. My aunt Joy. Hmm. The storybook uh, for The Wind in the Willows opens up and we see illustrations of Mr. Toad. The narrator continues and explains Mr. Toad's one flaw. He's a curious adventurer, positive mania for fads, and he never counted the costs. Yeah. He's a loose cannon, basically. He is. And he was an adrenaline junkie. He is unhinged. He's yeah. annoying. Like, he, <laughs> I don't know why people would want to be friends with him. And it's funny because I never knew his story. And there's this one Disney vlogger that I follow and she's obsessed with Mr. Toad. Like, if anything has Mr. Toad on it, she will buy it because she just loves him. And there's not that much Mr. Toad merchandise. Yeah. And now that I know who he is, like, why? Mm. Why is she so obsessed with him? I, I feel like you... if you had gone on the ride, like, you would feel the same way, too. Like, I feel like the ride, you would have been like, wow. Like, going into, <laughs> like, me going into it, knowing, because I've been on the ride, I was like, wow, he's definitely going to be a dick. Yeah, I'd probably understand, like, yeah. that. I don't know. I'll give you a little recap of the ride after we talk about okay. it. Okay. Okay. Uh, he also has a tremendous amount of friends, but only three that ever have his best interests at heart. A badger named McBadger, a stuffy water rat, and a gentle, kind, sympathetic mole. So, it's Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole, just so you guys know, because they don't get real names, unlike McBadger. Angus McBadger. Yeah, Angus and McBadger. And Toad is uh, J... Jay Thaddeus Toad. That's right. Very good. One day... watched it, so... Yeah, true. <laughs> One day, Mr. Mole is meeting Mr. Rat for tea, and just as they're getting settled, there's a knock at the door. It's a postman who delivers a letter from McBadger. He tells the two that they must come to Toad Hall at once as it is an urgent matter. They all live on the river. They do. They live... And they're all... They all have money. Yeah. Um, so. We then see Toad Hall, which is um, the, the home of Mr. Toad, and it's an impressive house, uh, mansion-like. Yeah. And the community prizes it because they feel that it brings in a sense of uh, respect, respectability yep. among the town. Yep. Mr. Toad, however, has been brought to the brink of bankruptcy due to his expensive adventures. So, yeah, but he also like just breaks everything in his path. Yes. So the, uh, McBadger has like taken over... The responsibility of the finances. Yeah, he's like being the accountant, which I think is very nice of him. It is. Honestly, because I feel like that's like really deep. To and he, like, he's got his yeah. word cut out for him because he's got a 
giant stack of bills from the town because Toad has destroyed fences, he's damaged lampposts, and McBadger's assumed the responsibility of paying out all these people right. with their on, bills. on behalf of the estate, yes. Yes. Um, all the while, there is relentless pounding on the front door. It's the townsfolk with more bills from Mr. Toad. Um, McBadger is stressed upon belief, but he angrily assures the crowd that they will get their money in due time. Yeah, I wish I could just tell debt collectors that. Or not even, just like my credit card company. I wish I could just be like, go get your money yeah. in You'll due get time. Whatever you, I have it, all right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, McBadger, by the way, is an older Scottish badger yep. uh, with a very thick accent. Yeah. Um, there is more pounding at the door, and he angrily opens it, but this time it is Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole. He tells the pair that something has to be done about Toad. This time he has gone too far. He's got a new mania. He is rampaging around the uh, the county in a canary yellow gypsy cart with a horse named Cyril. Yeah. Very specific here. Very specific. He pleads with the two to stop Toad and set his mind right. Which, like, I don't know. I mean, that's nice of them and all. But is it really their responsibility to check him? No, but they're just looking out for their friend. Like I, like you said in the beginning, these are the only three that have his best interests at heart. Yeah. But what yeah. I don't understand is why. It's not even like they're getting anything out of this except for a headache. That's true. I guess they just care about it. They don't him. even like go on his adventures with him. No. Because he's like, he come tries. on, guys. <laughs> and they're like, no. Yeah. Well, he's a little wild for them, I guess. Yeah. Mr. Toad's wild ride. And that's probably yeah. where they got the name. Probably. Wait, can I interject? Of course. Because, because we said this last night. Um, Mole, to me, looks like PJ. Yes, he does. From Goofy Movie. Big uh, Pete's son. Big Pete's son. You never son. saw a Goofy Movie? I think, like, when I was little. Oh, oh okay. All right. Well, we'll get there eventually. Right. Yeah. But, like, yeah. No, he looks just like him. And he looks like the, um, I guess it's a, is it a hedgehog from Alice in Wonderland when they play croquet? Yeah. Um, yeah, he does. Like, Yeah. He looks like the little, like, the ball, mm. essentially. If they were working on this at the same time as, like, Alice in Wonderland, they probably caught... I wouldn't be surprised if they copied well, some of that animation. They definitely used some yeah. of the animation. There's a lot of influence, which we'll, might, we probably get to it more when we get to Alice in Wonderland, but th there's a lot of influence between yeah, these two films. There is. Especially, like, the music, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure that the music was actually... A lot of the music the background from... background music. Yeah. Like, the score. Yeah, yeah. This, I feel like, was put like it sounded to me like they took it and just like plopped it into alice in wonderland command c command v yeah, yeah. that's what it sounded like to me i mean a pro it's probably a little different we then see mr toad in his yellow cart with cyril his horse riding through the countryside and destroying fences and farmland in his path uh mr toad sings our first song of the movie which is the merrily song uh this is a song that's pretty much played all throughout mr toad's wild ride yeah the ride. Um, Mr. Toad is voiced by Eric Bloor, and looking at his credits, this is probably the most famous thing he's done. He did a lot of Broadway in, like, the 30s. You playing footsie with me on No, I'm trying to get you to stop from, like, shaking the table with I'm your shaking foot. The okay, yeah. that's fair. I thought you were playing footsie with me. I was like, oh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't okay. need, I don't need to play footsie <laughs> with you. <laughs> Mr. Toad and Cyril sing about all the places that they are possibly on their way to, but really, they are merrily on their way to nowhere in particular mm. at all. And they're destroying everything at the same time. Mm -hmm. Literally. That's the thing. Like, it's fine if you want to just, like, dilly-dally meander yeah. about. You're crashing through whole greenhouses, and they're <laughs> falling to the ground. Imagine if that happened in Stardew Valley. 
Right? Oh my I god. I lose my mind. I'd, quit. I'd be so mad. Yeah. Ugh. I'd be like, get your cart, get your horse, get the fuck off my farm. This is for real. <laughs> you ruined my crops. Yeah. Steel Proud Bottom, which is his full name, is voiced by J. Pat O'Malley. Who? Yeah, he's going to kick off a very uh, long Disney career here. Yeah. You, you well, recognize some. Well, I was like, what did I say? I went, oh, that sounds like the Mad Hatter and the um, March Hare. And like just I named like literally all these like random Alice in Wonderland characters yeah. all at once. He, he does... <laughs> Five characters in Alice in Wonderland. Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Oh, yeah, I said them Okay, too. that counts as one. All right, fine, does four. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Walrus? Yeah, the, oh, oh, that's yeah. what I said. Yeah. That's what I said. I said the walrus and the carpenter. Carpenter? Mm-hmm. And Mother Oyster. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mother Oyster. He's Mother also Oyster. Jasper in 101 Dalmatians. A bunch of voices in Mary Poppins. Um, he even helped Dick Van Dyke with his Cockney accent that Ooh, got that so really, well received. Really atrocious accent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colonel Hathi, uh, Colonel Hathi in uh, The Jungle Book, and Otto the Blacksmith in Robin Hood. Uh-huh. So he's got a long career with Disney. Okay. The two have their song. Killer is like, I've seen almost none of those. <laughs> like, those are Disney no, characters. No, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen all of them. You've I think seen Mary Poppins. One. Yeah, Mary Poppins, You've Jungle Book. I have not seen Robin Hood. Uh, I love Robin Hood. You're going to like Robin Hood. I'm excited. Yeah. It's cute. The two have their song interrupted by Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole in the road. Uh, Toad happily greets the two and offers them to join him on their ride, and he'll show them the world. Rat tells I Toad... show you the world. He then starts singing that. <laughs> Rat tells Toad that he has to give up the horse and cart, which Toad is taken aback by and ultimately adamantly refuses to do so. The two try to pull Toad down by his pants which end up coming off. So he rides off with Cyril in his long underwear. So we're going to talk about how he has three different colored pants, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so um, he had blue pants on, right, mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Then when they pull his pants off, he had red underpants on. Yep. But then they go back to, like, where Mr. Rat and Mr. Um, Mole are, right? It was Mr. Matt. Yeah. It was just like another another scene, and he had his blue pants back on. Mm-hmm. And then, where did he have the gray pants? I just remember, I was like, wait, now he's got gray pants? The was continuity it, editor is sleeping yeah. on was the Was it toward the end? It wasn't like right after this scene. It was... Like in the manor, maybe? Like in yeah, maybe when they were at the Toad Hall, and they were mm-hmm. trying to get the deed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he had the same outfit... But three different color pants. Like it, sounds it wasn't like, supposed to be three different outfits. It sounds like they forgot well, what colors they yeah. were using. Well, the red, the red was his underpants. <laughs> yeah, colors. that makes sense. That makes sense. Because yeah. they showed you like his little butt, and well, not his butt, but the little flap. <laughs> the yeah. Little butt flap. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think his pants were supposed to be blue, but they made them gray in one in another scene down in the future. They don't make underwear like that anymore. They're they're long, long johns. johns. Yeah. I mean, I think you can I mean, they find do. those actually. Maybe not with the butt flaps, no. No, I don't buy them at least. They don't make them for me. One time, My dad buys long underwear. Get out, really? In the winter, yeah. Does he got the butt flaps on him? No. <laughs> they're really more like, I think he wears regular underwear and then wears yeah, those as like they're th- uh, thermal. thermal underwear. It's yeah. to keep you warm. Yeah. And then he wears like flannel lined jeans with thermal on. I'm like, that's how awesome. like, are you sweating <laughs> your ass off or what? Yeah, but you're always cold, so I feel like you could benefit from that kind of attire too in yeah, the winter. Probably. 
Yeah. Probably. So maybe you guys just are cold, cold people. blooded people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, borrow your father's underwear. See how you like it. <laughs> my mom borrows them all the time. My dad gets so mad. Oh no. Really? Because your mom seems like the type of person to always be hot. Yeah, she is always hot, but she wears them in the winter when it's cold. Wow. And he gets very mad at her. Oh, Diane. Yeah. So tricky. Yep. <laughs> As the two make their escape, they stop in their tracks when they hear a horn beeping from further down the road. Uh, the two are stunned to see a motor car. <gasps> and, when did motor cars come out? I guess. Uh, Wait, oh. and also, what time, what time, what year is it supposed to be in this movie, in this book? I don't know if story. they ever, like, clearly define it. I mean, unless you want when the book came out, the book came out in, like, the 19... 19- I think I said in the beginning, it's like 1900-something. So at this point, it's like 30-something years old, I think. The modern car, marketable, a practical marketable automobile for everyday use was invented in 1886. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. So it's been around, but probably not a lot of people have seen it. And this also took place, like, in some European country, of course, right? I think it's supposed to be, um, well, it's It's an English writer. Yeah, it's 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 England. England. Okay. Um, Okay. Did they have cars then? I feel like, did America have cars first? Because, you know, uh, like the assembly lines and Ford and stuff. Yeah. I think um, it said something about a German manufacturer. Oh, that makes sense. That with, like, Benz yeah. from Mercedes-Benz yeah, 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 yeah. was one of the primary, like, inventors. So I would yeah. imagine, like, Europe would probably have been first. Uh, I did not do us. my motor car okay. research on this Sorry, one. I'm no. just asking you all these questions. The Wind in the Willows was published in 1908. Oh, okay. So, okay. So... Um, cars were invented when they wrote it. Yeah. So I mean, obviously. So I'm going to assume it takes place like around the early 1900s. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Toad is immediately in a trance when he sees the motor car. His eyes grow wide and he starts imitating the sound of a motor hopping around on his butt. Yeah, yeah this is weird. He's got a new mania. Motor mania. Ooh. Yeah. That is that like equivalent to road rage? <laughs> it's like the equivalent to like Hulkamania, I guess. Something like that. Oh my God. Anyway, Rat and Mole try to control him. I'm just going to move on from that. Rat and Mole try to control him and bring him to back to Toad Hall. But there was only one thing they can do. Well, they lock him in his room. That's what they do. They lock him in his bedroom until motor mania subsides. Okay, sure. They throw a bucket, water, a bucket of water on him to knock him out of his trance, and Toad realizes that they have locked him in his bedroom. And he, like, stalled out and, like, started smoking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was short-circuited, yeah. exactly. Um, he pounds on the door and pleads for his friends to open the door, but the two have decided that this time they must be firm and leave him in so there. So they've done this before. Got it. Yeah. Well, their plan's not that great, because later that night we see uh, Toad has managed to escape. He's done the old tie your bed sheets and climb down the window. Yeah, yeah. that seems to be a popular thing yeah. in this uh, yeah. movie. Toad is determined to get a motor car, even if he has to beg, borrow, or... Steal. Arrested. Well, steal. Well, they yeah. didn't say it, but they implied steal. Yeah. yeah. Because then they show you that he was arrested. Yeah. Arrested. Toad has been caught stealing a car. We then go to court where Mr. Toad is on trial for stealing a motor car. Another, another, another court case. can't escape these fucking courtroom dramas. <laughs> oh, it's very dramatic. The, the judge was rude, but the prosecutor was like insane. Oh, God. I was like, damn. He had guy. no order in this court. The crown. Yeah. This is how they do it. It in was England. insane. Just but blah, also, blah, blah, like, oh, yeah, because it was England, so yeah. I don't know yeah. what their court of law is like. Yeah. I, when Toad started questioning that guy, I was like, 
Are you allowed to do this? Yeah. Anything is on the table, but you must wear a powdered wig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, They. I like that they showed that it was clearly a wig because they yeah. had but, their, like, brown hair showing underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Am I making this up, or do they still do the powdered wig thing today in, um, in Parliament. Parliament, right? Yeah, they do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so silly. It's like tradition, I guess. It is silly. I think it just looks ridiculous if you, like, watch it. Like, because you can see, like, Parliament on TV. And I just think it looks insane to me. But, like, Maybe it's not ridiculous if you live there. Like, maybe it's just, like, normal and, like... Well, yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's, like, a, a... I think it's supposed... I don't really know what the symbolism is, but I would imagine that it's supposed to, like, serve as some kind of, like, equalizer amongst all the people. Mm. Like, we're all here, like, kind of like putting your thinking cap on or, like, your working cap on. You know, like, how we say that? Like, it's kind of like that. Like, you're putting this on and you are, like, you you are now a representative of the government as opposed to, like, just being your person. Mm. Okay, fair. I don't know. That's just my thought on it. I'll take it. I am not from England, so I cannot say. Yeah. I'm looking for photos of modern day parliament, but none of them are wearing the wig. Maybe they don't do it anymore. No, wait, go back to that other one. I think they're just old men with white hair. Yeah. Just kidding. (laughs) No, but we've definitely seen John Oliver episodes where they're wearing the wig. Yeah. So maybe it's like when they're in session doing, I don't know, whatever. The prosecution calls Mr. Rat and Mr. Mole to stand and testify. Uh, the prosecution asks if it's true that he had Mr. To- that they had Mr. Toad locked in his own home because he threatened to get a motor car. Uh, Mr. Rat answers that they did, and the prosecution says that's all. That's all he needs to hear. That's it. Pretty shit uh, interrogation. Yeah, like that's yeah. Or line of questioning, geez. whatever you call it. Next witness is Angus McBadger. Uh, the prosecution angrily asks, as trustee of Toad Estate, you knew of the prisoner's mania for motor cars. Sorry, it just hit me. Angus McBadger, to me, looks like the friar, like Friar Tuck from Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. It, ju- it just occurred to me. I Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, when the prosecution asks Angus this question, he, uh, he all he says is, well, and then he just moves on to the next question. Yeah. Um, did you cut off his allowance? To the best of your knowledge, he was without funds. And he never answers any of these questions, but the prosecution says, thank you, that's all that he needs. I guess if it's not a firm no, then it's a yes. Yes, his indecision is the answer. Yeah. Uh, the whole time, Mr. Toad does not seem all that worried about any of this. Um, it's time for the defense to make their case, and Mr. Toad has decided to represent himself. I don't ever recommend that. Not good Not good practice. This no. is not legal advice because I'm not a lawyer, but I don't recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> like... um, Mr. Toad calls to the stand Cyril, his horse. Um, Cyril gives a ringing endorsement of Mr. Toad, but the, par- the prosecution interrupts a line of questioning to ask his own. You can't do this. This is not allowed. Maybe in England you can. Maybe. Who can say? Yeah, too bad it's not America. <laughs> I don't know how the court systems work in other countries. Yeah, this yeah. could all be legal. I don't know. Um, he asked Cyril, how did Mr. Toad manage to get a motor car if his allowance has been cut off, which was already testified by Angus McBadger? Well, not really, but okay, sure. Cyril explains that Mr. Toad came straight to Cyril, and while they were walking down the road, they encountered a big red motor car. And it was beautiful. And it sped by them, and it stopped at a nearby tavern. And that's the one that you drive in the ride. That's right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, some tough-looking weasels pile out of the red car. Who are definitely from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Have you seen Who Framed... Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a good one, too. Every single thing I ask you. No, it's, a, it's okay. I've we'll never seen anything. By the you time, will like that, too. You know what's funny? It's funny. By the time we get to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, she's going to be like, oh, they're from this. Yeah. Oh, they're from that. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. from yeah. this. Yeah, and she'll be like, oh, yeah. And I'm going to be like, I said that. Cyril explains that the weasels should not be trusted, but how were they to know that they had, in fact, were the ones that stole the car? So. How would they know? How would they know? They're gonna know. Uh, so Toad made up his mind and decided to go into the bar to see what they would take in cash for the car. But it was weird that he didn't go to the weasels. No, he, he makes he, his way into the bar and he asks the bartender. No, he just asked, who's this car? And the weasels know that they stole it, so they hid. Unless yeah. they didn't see the weasels piling out of the car, but I feel like they did. No, they did. I just thought it was weird that he didn't go straight over to the weasels since he knew they got out of the car. I don't think I, he saw them get out of the I mean, car. Well, I thought he did. I mean, I Cyril right did. now is saying that, you know, weasels piled out of the car. Yeah, so that, yeah. Oh, but I feel like when we saw Mr. Toad see the car, it was just empty. No one was... The there was nobody no, in the car when they got to the car. The they saw it drive by to the bar. They did? Yeah, yeah they did. It zoomed by them. Mm -hmm. So oh. But well, but like also, even if even if they didn't, right? Why would the bartender know who owns the car? Yeah, true. I mean, maybe because cars weren't really that that big of a thing then, so like you yeah. would it know. Is, they, it is it a is particularly possible. nice car. Yeah. They make sure to know. That, that is possible. Well he makes his way into the bar and he asks the bartender whose name is Winky. Um, it, he's and, creepy looking. Yeah, he's really weird. He's got that mustache. Like, talk about villains. Yeah. And he's all in what, pink? He, like, well, he, he shows up the court in a pink suit. Yeah, and he's got like, um... He's like a pimp. Yeah. Yeah. And he's got like, he's like got two little He's got the twirly hair. mustache and the twirly hair. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. He's got the old, uh, the old, old school Tim Tracker mustache. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks like what you would imagine, what they would have made like a car salesman cartoon yeah. look like yeah that's like that's the kind of fakeness that we're talking about yeah um realizing that he has no money he decides to offer a trade and said the weasels cut a deal and he never skimps he's never stingy that's right toad draws up a deed with winky as a witness to sign what was the deal the car for toad hall 100k the the house hundred thousand pounds that is what was traded for a motor car. Um, the prosecution laughs. He doesn't believe this for a second, because why would anybody make that trade ever? Fortun he know. Fortunately, Mr. Toad calls a witness who is Mr. Winky. Toad asks if he recalls the incident, which he does. And they share a wink. Winky winks. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Mr. Winky tells the court that Mr. Toad tried to sell him a stolen motor car. Mm -hmm. Toad has been betrayed by Mr. Winky. <gasps> and that's just it. The end. Yeah. He goes, gets thrown in jail. All right. So the legend of Sleepy Hollow now. No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's just the end of the court case. Yeah. They don't yeah. care to ask any more questions. The police immediately grab hold of Toad and they take him away. And he's like, I've been framed. He's like, wait, what's going yeah, on? Yeah. He was so upset. He's been panicking. And he was like making his way to the door. To yeah, his coat on. And I was like, to be proven. Yeah, I was like, are you trying to just like distract them to escape? That's what I thought or, too. Right? I was like, oh. But then I was like, oh no, he just really thought he was innocent. Okay, got it. Got it. He's been found guilty and he gets 20 years. That's a long time that is from a long stealing time. a car. 
Uh, Toad's friends try to help him with appeals, but it seems the courts wanted to make an example of Toad, and the decision stands. There was a lot of really interesting articles, aside from that, in the newspaper flashes that they showed. Did you I, pause? Did you... No, I just kind of saw them when we were rewatching it now with Hillary. Oh. Like, I don't remember any of them offhand, but one, I remember being like, huh. One of them yeah. was something about a meteor landing near a baby or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, I couldn't remember, it was like meteor lands next to baby or yeah, something like that. Yeah, and I was that. like, wow, oh, that's, that's so scary. very yeah. oddly specific. I think this is kind of before movies do those whole like gag newspaper things yeah. they're, they're so pretty did, serious so did they take like real article news? i kind of believe they did i don't know if this was a real one was that a real one did yeah, a meteor land you're a baby i need to know I and i need checked. to know if the baby was okay yeah hillary was gonna look it up <laughs> and she if you want to go but for it like, go i'm for gonna it. go on another like tangent <laughs> uh, all right um, so if you guys look it up please let us know yeah yes it is now christmas eve Toad is locked Wait, away in a tower. How long? How many? How many years? Months? Days? Like what's? Well, past? it seemed like it was kind of like springtime when Toad was riding through. Well, he said August twelfth. Oh yeah, you're right. That's right. So I feel like it's only been a couple months, right? Because yeah. it's the next is it like his it, first Christmas? I think alone? it is because think so. he's so upset. Mm-hmm. He's locked in his tower, and he reflects on how he has let his friends down, shedding tears for them. And he's got a literal ball and chain on his ankle. He does, yeah. They should bring this back. Ball and chain on people. No, they shouldn't. Okay, it's bizarre. <laughs> I mean, it really it really caused an issue if when he tried to... Well, when yeah. He tried to <laughs> a new toad was born, a reformed and repented toad. Uh, I feel like this seconds. is... Yeah, I was like, really? I feel, I feel like this is what the idea of prison is supposed to be. Mm. That, like, you repent and, like... You're reformed when you come out? No. I mean, maybe. Sometimes. Yeah. Maybe it works for some. Maybe. There's a knock on his cell door. The policeman... But he didn't even do anything wrong. He was falsely imprisoned. So there was nothing for really him to be reformed from. Yep, Mm. you're right. The policeman says, seeing as it is Christmas, you're allowed a visitor. It's his grandma. Aww. Who would think that Toad's grandma's still around and that tall? I know, right? (laughs) Would you believe it wasn't his grandma? <gasps> what do you mean? It's Cyril the horse. Holy crap. <laughs> this horse-faced uh, horse woman turns out to be Cyril. I do not believe it. I'm just kidding. Of course uh, I do. He brings a Christmas gift to Toad. It's a disguise. It's a matching disguise. Yeah. It's the exact Twinsies. same outfit he's wearing. So, like, does Cyril stay in Toad's place? Is that the idea? Because how does he... They're both out by the end. Don't they, like, they didn't, we don't see them, like, escaping. We just see that they're out. Yeah, Cyril doesn't aid him at all. He just gives him the outfit and he whispers a plan into his ear uh, ear and he just says, all right, go ahead. But it just seems to me, like, when, if you're having a matching disguise, then the, then the, your next thought would be, okay, so, like, this one is going to pretend to be me and stay. And so I can leave as though I was the visitor. Yeah. You know, Toad, right. Toad's so small, he probably could have just put him in his pocket. Well, yeah. Or his mouth. But then, yeah. wouldn't the prison guard notice that there is someone missing? Like, immediately? I mean, a horse mm. and a toad are very different in size. Yeah. So I mm. feel like Cyril wouldn't have been a good replacement. I, I agree. I just yeah. think there's a little bit of a flaw here. I need a little <laughs> bit more clarity. different about you. I need to read the book. <laughs> I'm going to read the book. I need more clarity. Yeah. Alarm bells ring, the alarms, uh, as police search in the town for Toad. Um, he encounters a police officer, but the disguise is enough to fool him. 
know. But sorry, madam. Yeah, as Toad walks away, his ball and chain slips out. <laughs> oh no! Which he was using as his big badonkadonk. Yeah. <laughs> the guard immediately didn't catch on. He was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, man. You're, oh, you're, man. You <laughs> dropped your oh. your wagon, fella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your buttocks. Your uh, derriere. Yeah. <laughs> we don't kink shame here. No. We don't. He, he doesn't kink shame either. It's apparently. like having really large anal beads in and they just yeah, flop they just, out. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what I feel like the, the officers are like, I'm not kink shaming right now. Yeah. He just started the other way. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Um, he runs off evading the police and even crashes through a stone wall due to his ball and chain. Oh my goodness. He is now down on the train tracks and manages to steal a one car train. And he books it out of there. Wow. And at this point, when I was watching it, I said, so did he actually steal the car? And then I went, well, he was willing to steal a train. Yeah. So, I think it like, him on this. Honestly, yeah. I feel like he was just like a menace to society because he was breaking everyone's shit and not taking any accountability for it. So, like, he might not have stolen a car, but he still wasn't a good person. Yeah. Dennis the Menace over here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily for the police, there's another one-car train just pulls right up. Yeah. This is how trains work. It's like there's just one after, Yeah. yeah. This, <laughs> Someone next needs one up. to, like, explain that to the Long Island Railroad, please. Yeah. yeah, right? Well, they all hop on the train, like, hanging off the side of the train. Yep. And they're just carelessly firing their guns. Like, endless bullets are just shooting at them. <laughs> Unlimited ammo. Pew, pews. <laughs> As the train goes over a bridge, Toad decides that he's going to make his escape. He does this by throwing his ball and chain over the side, sending him off the train and into the river down below. Oh, no. Well, there's only one problem to his plan. Um, the ball and chain has weighed him down underwater. Yeah, did he not think this through? No. No, he's he an act first kind of, of guy. At first, I was like, oh, no. But then I was like, ah, oh, he's a toad. Toads can breathe in their water. Right? I don't actually know, and I didn't look it up, but that's what I thought at first, too. I was like, oh, he could probably just breathe underwater. Well, but then I was like, mm, I don't know. So he's weighed down underwater, and he's unable to swim and to the surface. And he's laughing, and then a fish is laughing, and mm -hmm. then he looks at the fish, and he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> now, it's important to note, they made it very clear here that he is stuck. He, he cannot he get tried, out. So there's a branch above the water, right? And he, like, lifted his arm, and he grabbed the branch, and it broke off. And then there's still, like, another low-hanging branch. And he they show you that, that he's trying to grab it, but cannot. So, like, how did I, he get out? I just yeah. want to make it clear that he's stuck. Yeah. He cannot get this ball and then, and chain off, out. And then it literally pans away slowly from him trying to get out of the water and shows you, like, a house. And I'm just like, oh, no, he drowned. Yeah, and I was like, and they're he dead. Yeah, they're mourning him now. Like, what the fuck? So then we then Wait, go, what did you find? Um, it says toads can only stay underwater for 15 to 30 minutes without coming up for air. Oh. Okay, so some we had some species, time. Some species can survive up for several hours. Oh, so. okay. right. Well, along the riverbank is Rat's home. Inside, Rat and Mole are enjoying Christmas dinner. They end their prayers, wishing Toad well, hoping that he gets time off for good behavior. Somehow, Toad is there. He, he, he just he, shows he, up at the door. He just yep. gets to the front door. The two friends greet him. Did he still have the ball and chain he on? He still yeah. got the yeah. ball and chain on, and that's it. Yep. There's no explanation. There's no, like, oh, I just escaped. I nearly drowned. Yeah. He just somehow got out. Well, yeah, but then he, like, falls over when they open the door, and they do say, like, oh, my goodness, it's an old lady. Let's get her by the fire. And then the ball and chain falls out, and they're like, what do you mean it's Toad? It felt like... They wanted him to still have the ball and chain on, but they wanted him to go in the water, and they couldn't figure out a good way 
to get him out of the water, so they just decided he escaped. How? I don't know. Go fuck toad. yourself. He got out. Because he's toad. Yeah. There's then a knock on the door. Um, but they think it's the police. They do. Because it's banging. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, but didn't he say it's the police? No, they, it was just somebody at the door saying, open up. Yeah, and then they were like, it's the police from uh, inside. Toad begs his friends to hide him, but Rat is firm. Aiden and a betting. That's right. <laughs> and he says, nope, we're not going to hide you. Open the door. You're a criminal. <laughs> they open the door. It's not the police. It's McBadger. Wow. What How are lucky. the odds? Yeah. And I guess the police were actually duped by this, and they're still chasing an empty train. McBadger has made an important discovery. At Toad Hall, the weasels have taken over, and at the head of it all is their leader. It's Mr. Winky. <gasps> I can't believe it. And he's got the deed. He does have the deed. He's yeah. just, like, flashing it around, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the deed is not to anyone specific. Like, it's just a piece of paper that says, like, deed, Toad Hall. And, like, if you hold that paper, you just own Toad Well, Hall. his signature's on it. Oh, is it? Yeah. It looked like it just said deed. No, he, well, at the bottom, Toad okay. signed it, and then Winky signed it. All right, that makes a little more sense. Okay. Toad is, in fact, innocent um, and did not steal the motor car. The three apologized to Toad for misjudging him. However. However, he is still guilty in the eyes of the law. And to prove his innocence, they have to get that deed from Mr. Winky. Yeah. Little kind of bare dots being connected they here. They could have just told the cop. Yeah. No, they have to get the deal. <gasps> Sorry. To do, that's okay. Am I boring you? No, I'm just a little tired. Mm. It's really late. Yeah. <laughs> to do so, they come up with a plan to sneak into Toad Hall via a secret tunnel, of course. Okay. Every mansion has one. Listen, if you don't have a tunnel in your hall, then what are you doing? I'm about to go home and start digging underground, yeah. just making a secret tunnel into the house. There's like a whole TikTok page. I think I told you about this. About, oh, like about, doors? No. This uh. woman who like just decided underneath her home, like she went in her basement. Oh, and you did she, tell me this. It was like Minecraft-esque because she was just digging tunnels just for the sake of digging tunnels. I still haven't followed up. I don't know how it's going, but it was going really well. And I'm just like, yo. She's going to get But how deep do you go? How like far do you go? And then how far does the property line go underneath the ground? So, like, is she digging far enough, like, deep enough where, and horizontally, where it's, like, not under, not technically her neighbor's property? How does that work? I don't know. You know what's going to happen? She's going to keep getting digger, uh, deep, keep digging deeper and deeper, and then one day the videos are just going to stop. That's so creepy. And then, like, what happened? That's so creepy. And you know what? Sometimes, like, you find stuff you're not supposed to find. Mm. Okay? I mean, I enjoy the videos, but I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. I've been trying because I'm just curious. So I was like, let me just Google how Mr. Toad got out of the water with his ball and chain. I know we're past this, but I just wanted to see what the book said. The book seems to be completely different. Oh, excellent. Than the movie. I like that. Like completely different. Mm -hmm. And do they give a reason? He doesn't really go in the water. Oh. Oh. Well, that explains why they didn't know how he to get him out. He threw... A wash woman, a wash woman threw him in the water. I don't fuck, I don't know. Okay. Right. We're going to have to read the book. I'm going to have well, to read the book. Disney didn't have an answer. They just decided to move on yeah. from it. Anyways. Whatever, so he's sorry. fine. They were like, yeah. he got out, he was right? fine. Don't worry about yeah. it, all right? Just... They didn't think that, like, we would be sitting here at a table one day questioning yeah. all of their choices. Well, we are. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you. Um, the plan is now taking place. The four set down the river in a boat during a foggy night. They pass by a guard up on a bridge and Toad, Toad immediately. Toad's a fucking he immediately is just like, yo, let's fuck this guy. Him. He grabs a shotgun. I'm gonna shoot him. 
Okay. He's just gonna kill him right outside. That's what I mean. He's so unhinged. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, can you just like, I don't know, consult with the group first, maybe? No. No, he's gonna put one. You're putting everybody's life at risk. Yeah. Selfish. Uh, just selfish. It is selfish. It is. The group tries to restrain him, and his shotgun blast goes off in the water, sending the boat flying down the river, but luckily into this cave that apparently is the secret entrance. Wow, that's amazing how but that works out. That does, cave? I... No, I was going to say, it does alert the guard. Yeah. He's like, what's that? They make... The, you had something about the cave? Yeah, it was just really cozy. <laughs> oh my god, Hillary. <laughs> like, it probably was damp and cold. <laughs> They make their way into the cozy Do you know, wait, cave. I'm sorry. Do you know what Dan said to me? Yet was it yesterday oh, I don't or today? Know it was. We were watching The Office, and I know you don't watch it, but like, mm -hmm. there's a scene where Jim and Pam they're married and whatever, and they are like trying to take a nap at work because they're tired because their baby kept oh. And like, they go in their warehouse, and it's like up high on a shelf. And there's like a, a makeshift place. bed. Yeah, the warehouse guys like use it, and like there's a heater, it keeps it warm, and they're surrounded by like reams of paper on this shelf. That's and Dan goes, Dan goes, that looks so cozy. I love the idea of being, of sleeping in something like with walls all around me, and I went like a fucking coffin. Yes, well, not only that, then I realized I was describing like a crib. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, what? I'm like. See, it's cozy. It brings you back to like <laughs> simpler times. Claustrophobic. You would never have to worry about me rolling off the side You're of the right, bed. I wouldn't. I worry about yeah. that. They make their way down the cozy cave. <laughs> and it leads them to the secret tunnel to enter into Toad Hall. Um, there's a part of the wall that when you push a button, it like rotates open. It's very Scooby-Doo-esque. Yeah, very it, looked, Scooby -Doo yeah. Style. it looked like a doorbell. Right? That's yeah. what I said. I was like, oh, so just ring the doorbell. That makes she goes, oh, they're going in the front door? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Inside Toad Hall, the partying has stopped and everybody is passed out they're asleep. Drunkies. They're drunk. Yeah, they're like, oh, they're sleeping. He's like, no, you idiot. They're drunk. Yeah, <laughs> they are plastered. <laughs> yeah. They spot Winky asleep on the couch with the deed tucked into his shirt. Wow. These are very loyal weasels. Nobody grabbed the deed from him. Well, I mean, yeah, he's a human and they're weasels. They, the four climb up a balcony to retrieve it. The, the guard that they alerted is also inspecting yeah. the cave. I don't know why they didn't just like tiptoe around the weasels to get it. I know. No, they have to get a high vantage it's... point. And they also, so the way, the, what they're going to do is they're going to take, I, I might the be the same. fattest one. Yeah. That's yeah. what I said. I was like, okay, so take the fattest one and lower him down. Makes Mission sense. Impossible style. Yeah. yeah. And, Not the rat, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they're going to lower him down. And while he's suspended above Winky, he's going to reach down and grab the deed. That's why I back said up. earlier that they really like the whole, like, tie the bed sheets together kind yeah. of thing. I think it's the same bed sheets. It, it must be. Yeah. Yeah, because where did they get them from? Right? Yeah. They must have gotten them from the bedroom. Oh, you know what? They actually probably were the same. They were the ones, because it's Toad Hall. Duh. Yep. yep. Yeah, you're right. Well, as they're lowering uh, Mole down <laughs> slowly... They accidentally lower him too far, and he lands right on top of a sleeping Mr. Winky. And he does not wake up. Like, no. all people would not wake up from that, of course. No, instead he starts spooning with Mole. He's probably blacked out. Blacked yeah. out drunk. He cuddles Mole under his arm. And meanwhile, the guard discovers the secret door that the four entered through. Mm -hmm. He's getting closer. Um, Mole manages to free himself from Winky's arm, and he grabs the deed as the trio up top starts to bring him back up. As they're doing so, the guard enters through the secret door. He spots Mole being lifted up. He throws a dagger, which cuts the rope, causing Mole to land hard on top of Mr. Winky, now waking him up. Oh, my goodness. Yep. 
realizing the deed has been stolen, he wakes up all the weasels to catch Mole. Um, they chase after him, and we get this sequence of the measles, uh, the measles, the weasels, um, mole and rat exchanging the paper, all grabbing it from one another, running all throughout the house. Um, mole to- throws like more paper airplanes out there. Yeah, so that to- are fake. Toad calls for mole to give him the paper, so he turns it into a paper airplane. Throws it to Toad, but the paper flies all around the room. Everybody's chasing this one paper airplane. It's basically just chaos. Yeah, so to cause confusion. Yeah. Toad grabs a bunch of paper airplanes and he starts throwing them around the room to. And then they so you don't gonna, know which one's which. And then they were gonna chop off Mole's head. They were. Yeah. They they had all three of them like pinned down and Toad a, rescues everybody yeah. on a chandelier. And like and um Mole's head was literally on a chopping block. Yeah, yeah. they were just gonna <laughs> cut <laughs> his head off. Like oh. Um. So Toad rescues everybody. And they make their escape through the secret door that they entered through mm-hmm. in the first place. And as the four set off in their boat, they're thankful for Well, the... no. First, they're like, oh, we saved our skins, but not the deed. And then Toad is like, ha-ha. He does have the deed. Of course he does. He's and they all manage to escape with the deed. The next day in the newspaper, we see that Toad has been exonerated. And it's a happy ending after all. Yeah, but I don't even know, know how. Because it's like, this is what I'm say saying. he didn't just steal the deed? I don't know how this Well, it has Winky's signature on it. So we did... To prove uh, that, like, Winky, in fact... Framed him. But does this prove that the car was not stolen? It proves that Toad was not the one to steal the car. Because Toad actually paid for the car. The car was a stolen car. Mm. The weasel stole the car. But Toad didn't know that. So the whole premise is that... um, So what Winky was trying to frame him for was like, Oh yeah, he tried to sell me a stolen car. Toad had stolen the car, come to the bar, and tried to sell it to me. And that, but really what happened was the weasel stole the car, drove to the bar, Toad wanted to buy the car, and offered up Toad Hall, and Winky took it. That's what happened. Okay. Why couldn't, so then, okay, alright. No, go ahead. No, I answered my own question in my head. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, right. you don't think the audience would like to know? I was going to say, why couldn't Mr. Toad just present the deed, like in the beginning, but he couldn't present the deed because... The other guy had it. Yeah, um, yeah, that is true. Winky. Yeah, Winky had it. So, and Winky wasn't gonna sh- pr- bring, of course not, sh- bring the deed no, because it's like douche canoe. Yeah. yeah. It's now New Year's Eve, and the four celebrate the new Toad, who has put all these manias behind him. And they share a toast, but are startled to see outside that Toad has not changed at all. His newest mania is him and Cyril setting sail into the sunset on an airplane. Yeah, and he said, "I can show you the world." Shining, shimmering, splendid. And he, like, yep. s- fucking shit up again. He's, mm-hmm. like, crashing into things. Still flying, but yep. crashing into things. Yep. We go back to live-action bookcase as the book closes, and our narrator sees us out for the first half of the movie. So I think I think it would be best if we do part one, thoughts, then we'll move on to Sleep Alice. So yeah. what do we think of Mr. Toad here? Well, I thought it was, like, good, and I'm curious. I would like to read the book. Yeah, it looks very I think different. Toad is fucking crazy, though. Yeah, me too. So the ride, sorry, you go ahead. No, go, go, go. No, I was just going to talk about the ride. Go for it. So the ride is like basically this story, but it has some changes. Like you go through all of these things, like the courtroom scene, which is really scary. Like you're in the car with Toad going through everything. And then you get sent to jail, I guess jail. You get arrested then you yeah. get found guilty. Um, and then you escape jail. Yeah. And in and, the process of escaping jail... And then you die. You die. You die. Like, literally. Like, literally in the ride, you Underwater? die. 
No, you just, you just crash I think the you car. just crash. Yeah, the car crashes and you die and, next, and you go to hell. The next scene is you in fiery hell. You're yeah. in hell. But and this isn't see... in the movie, so I why know. would they do this? I, I guess it's in the book. This is just one of Mr. Toad's wild rides. Yeah. So you die and you go to hell. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the ride. <laughs> and this is and also this is in the span of like Who thought that was family or kid friendly? Well, know. this is also in the span of like a minute. Yeah. It is a minute of just scene, 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 you're dead. Now yeah. Yep. Welcome to hell. You see yeah. the devil, there's fire everywhere. Fire the devil is zone. actually the judge. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I can understand like the court scene being scary. Yeah. The ride's actually terrifying. It's very Pinocchio esque. Yeah. Like yeah. the like the scary level is yeah. like very Pinocchio. Interesting. I thought it was good. I mean I, I enjoyed it. It kept my attention. I think this one was the funnier sillier story of the two yeah i think it kind of reminded me of like looney tunes-esque mm. like bugs bunny mm-hmm. type of deal where there's just chaos going on yep um but i thought I, I didn't i didn't really think mr toad was all that likable as a character no I, like i actually found I him really annoying was a likable character like before this i thought he was going to be a likable character but he is not nope nope he's kind of a douche and like part of me is like what did Mr. Toad trade the deed for Owl? Like, with, with Owl? Wait, what did... What did he give Owl? What did... Yeah, what did... What In exchange did, for the... No, what, what did, did Owl He gave give, the deed. What did Owl give him? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good, that's a good question. Well, from I, the ride. I don't know. I don't know if that was, like, a trade or just, like, a handoff. I'm leaving. See you. Yeah, <laughs> but knowing Mr. Toad's character, you would think. Yeah, would, you would think. should be something. I don't know. There should I, be like a rocket ship in the background. Yeah, right. I will also say, granted, I've not read the book, um, so there's probably a lot omitted. But at 35 minutes, I was good on this. Yeah. I was like, they, they yeah, don't, this, it was a good time. They, I would not have wanted them to make this a full feature no. and like another an extra 45 minutes yeah. on top of this. No, like, no, no way. No, no. this was per- the perfect amount of time. It kept my interest for just the amount of time. Yeah. That was necessary. Yeah. They hit their yeah. high mark yep. and then they bowed out. Any more, I would have been like, all right, this is a little yes. much. I was so like, I was like, oh god, are we gonna have another court scene now? And I was like, oh thank god, they just said he's innocent. Yeah. Like, so you know what's good. actually funny? When I was watching this with Toya last night, she didn't know either that it was two separate stories. So we're about 30 minutes in, and she's like, where's Ichabod? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why? Is he not coming in to save the day? The description on Disney Plus says, like, two stories. Yeah, I didn't read it. Oh. I I don't read the descriptions, because I don't like to have, like, a preconceived Um, thing. Usually I do. I didn't even read this one. I just went right into it. So I I also had no clue, because my understanding... Like we've talked about, was that it was two characters yeah. in one story. Yeah. Uh, we then begin our second story with a new narrator. This time, it's old Bing Crosby. Bing Crosby, obviously a popular, well-known name even today. Singer, actor, pop culture figure of his time, known for White Christmas, both the movie and the Christmas song. Uh, to this day, White Christmas is the best-selling single worldwide of all time. Mm. having sold over five, uh, 50 million copies. Wow, really? Even to this day, yep. Going My Way, 19... Oh, oh, I hate the song, don't sing it. Of a white Christmas. Sweet thing, uh, Crosby and <laughs> I was actually doing more of the Elvis version. Wow, you were right. Yeah. I don't know why well, I you doubt- think I'm lying? I don't know why I doubted you. You think I just make shit up I on here? it. <laughs> We're going to be the hap, hap, happiest bunch of assholes this since, side of the nut house. <laughs> since Bing Crosby tap dance with, with Danny, Danny fucking K. K. <laughs> Which you would understand if you watch Christmas Vacation. Oh God, what are you doing over there? What are you watching on Christmas? 
Um, yeah, you haven't seen Miracle on 34th Street. You haven't Street. seen uh, Christmas It's a Wonderful Vacation. Life. It's a Wonderful Life. What, what the do fuck do you watch? Christmas? I don't know. Do you watch Rudolph? You seen Rudolph? As a kid. Okay. I mean, like, that's fine. What? Frosty. You watch uh, Christmas Carol? You're a Christmas Carol person with uh, Ebenezer? I just actually watched it the last year, I think, or like the year before. How about uh, Home Alone? That's a Christmas Yeah, movie. I've seen that. Okay. Mateo's obsessed with Home Alone. Okay. Mm. If it's like on Freeform, like Freeforms, 25 days, 25 days, mm-hmm. 25 days with Christmas songs. Okay. I'm trying to think of like other things that are Christmassy. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas, but do you consider that? To me, that's a Halloween movie. Me too. I'm really? With yeah, yeah. I'm with you. So it's funny because, um, who was it? Tim Tracker. He met Jack and Sally at the Halloween party. Wow. Oh, no, 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 he didn't meet Jack and Sally. It was Mickey Mouse. And he was asking Mickey Mouse if he thinks Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. And what did the mouse say? He did, like, the little hand thing. like Oh, fence-sitter. He was like, eh, I don't know. Pick a side, Mickey. Yeah. Cheese, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was funny. Um, so I've seen oh the Grinch, yeah that's oh Grinch. Okay. I've seen Santa Claus. Which which Grinch? Santa Claus. Um, the, like the one with like uh, the animated or Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey one. Okay. Have you seen the Polar Express? <gasps> Good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, with the creepy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uncanny Valley, yes. Elf. Oh, Elf. Oh, yeah. Elf is uh-huh. not on here. I've seen Elf though. Okay, good. Everybody's seen Elf. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I watch on Christmas? The what? Yule Log Channel. Okay, that's fair. I'm just kidding. There's actually one movie that I've seen that's like a classic. The one with the leg lamp. Oh! oh a Christmas, Christmas story. story. Yeah, yeah. That's my I've favorite. seen that one. Wow, that's actually really surprising. But anyway, Bing Crosby. Very yeah. well known. Academy Award nominations. You know Bing Crosby. Yeah, yeah, I don't have yeah. to say who is. But it's very clear Disney decided to put him to work. Oh, yeah. Because he's the narrator. Yeah. He's Ichabod Crane. And he's Brom Bones. He mm-hmm. is? Does Ichabod ever speak? Ben Crosby say, speaks on behalf of Ichabod Crane. Yeah, that's okay. Same thing with Brom Bones. He's no, the voice. Brom did speak at one point. He did when he's, he's telling the story. And that's Ichabod Crane. Okay, I'm just saying. I mean, that's Ben Crosby. I understand. I'm just saying, like, yes. Yeah. He had one, like, but, like, Ichabod Crane doesn't really seem like yeah. he had any speaking lines. Yeah. He does in the in his song when he's talking to the ladies, introducing himself. Oh, yeah, you're right, yep. you're right, you're right. But, like, I think only the other guy, what's his name again? Ben... Brom, Brom Bones. Brom Bones, a.k.a. Gaston. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's the only one that actually, like, spoke. Yeah. Right? You're, you're pretty kind much right. Of, yeah. But Other like, than, like, Ichabod, a line here and Ichabod Crane had, like, he was singing at the piano. Like, that was him. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So he had, like, kind of some Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Bing introduces a bunch of different American icons in literature, such as Paul Bunyan, Johnny Appleseed, Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, before introducing the next main character. Davy, Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier. Is that a movie? Because I didn't see it. Oh, I didn't see it either. I just know the song. Oh, okay. But it's like a Bakri. Born on the mountaintop, Tennessee. The storybook for The Legend of Sleepy Hollow Kills by Washington Irving. He's just going to sing the whole song. <laughs> Sorry. Legend of Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> uh, Sleepy Hollow is a real town in Westchester County, New York. Formerly known as North Tarrytown, one of us has a good amount of experience with Sleepy Hollow. I was just there. You, how long ago? It was like a week ago, it was right? like two weeks ago. Yeah. You want to give any opinions on Sleepy Hollow, the town? You like it? 
I used to like it. It's Not very anymore. well. It's really commercial now. See, like when I started going, I was a kid, and like it was popular. But like now, it's like everything there is like just for the quick spook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like every like there's like a lot of stuff. Just cheap girls. Ghost yeah. Stores. Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the town itself is, like, really nice. Like, when I was just there with Laura, I mean, we were there, it was a Friday morning. We were just stopping there, like, on our way to Salem um, for a bachelorette party. And so we stopped there, and, like, we got coffee, and, like, I went to a yarn store, we went to a bookstore. Like, it was nice, like, it was nice, but, like, the touristy part is, like, super-duper touristy. And, like, during, like, September and October, it's just, like, all fucking hell breaks loose. Well, one of the big attractions, if you will, that they have there is the cemetery. Yeah, which, like, okay, so I want to talk about the cemetery only because, like, I feel like a lot of people would not know this. Like, if you go there now, it's, like, really... Okay, so it's an active cemetery. It's huge. Like, Calverton... Like, Calverton size huge. Like, it's really big. The author of this story, Washington Irving, is buried there. He is buried there, and you can go visit his grave. And so, like, we went... We grew up going there, right? But, like, there's a church there, and people are still buried there. And, like, you know, it's a it's a, it's a a working cemetery, but the way... Like, you can visit it. But when we were kids, it was different because there wasn't... There was just, like, nothing there. It was just going to a cemetery, yeah. right? And you can see all of, like... I'll get into this later, but, like, you can see all the graves that, like, you're, we're going to be talking about, right? And, like, there was a, an old man there. I do not remember his name. My dad would probably remember his name, but he, like, worked there, and he would educate people when they were there, and he would just stand there and talk about the story, the people, the town, like, really historically accurate because he grew up there. He mm-hmm. had a map, and, like, the things, when you get the map of like the cemetery there's like stuff like the bridge that they were talking about that was a real bridge but the one that's marked on the map is not the real bridge it was in a different spot and it doesn't exist anymore and he like pointed out he's like yeah no like it used to be here and like you can see the remains of it i mean i don't know if you can anymore but like you used to be able to and he would be like the headless horseman is supposedly buried like right here there used to be like a stake in the ground showing where they thought he was buried um Katrina Van Tassel, Brom Bones, those were real people. Oh, really? They had, they have graves there. I mean, you can't really read them anymore, but yeah. And he would talk about their history because even though it's a story, it was based on real people and it's a real legend. And so he would just like kind of talk about that. And then unfortunately he got, we like saw it happen over my childhood. Like he got pushed out and he was sick and like this, yeah. And this poor guy, and then they fired him. And then they started putting up, like, literal tents in the cemetery where you could, like, carve a pumpkin and, like, buy refreshments. And, like, it's so touristy now. It's literally, like, going into, like, a Halloween store in a fucking cemetery. Like, I'd be like, I don't want to buy a plot here. Right? Like, literally. They're supposed to be resting in peace. I know. And that's the whole thing. That's why it bothers me. Because I'm like... This used to be a place where, like, my parents and, like, we used to go with my cousins. They would always be like, okay, like, we're going to go visit this and we're going to learn about the history and we're going to be respectful. Like, we're going to not trample on people's graves. We're not going to run around and make crazy noise. Like, we're going to be respectful and we're going to, you know, enjoy it how we can enjoy it. But now it's like a whole big crazy situation and it's really shitty. It's so annoying. So that's my opinion on Sleepy Hollow. Okay. That's fair. That's 
kind of sad to hear. Actually. It is sad. It is sad. Like, I wouldn't say don't go. I think people should still go. Mm -hmm. But I think that you should, um, I don't know. Like, I just wouldn't buy a pumpkin on, at the cemetery. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> that's, that's, you yeah. can buy a pumpkin anywhere. In, in Sleepy yeah. Hollow, especially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, you should still go. Like, there's still really fun things to do there. There's a lot of great restaurants there. Like, the people who live there are really nice people. Like, it's a really nice area. It still kind of has, like, small town vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. And, like, Laura and my cousin Erica were also going to go to the college there. Right. Yeah, and Erica actually ended up going to school. I think it's just close called Tarrytown College. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty close by. But like, it's a really nice area. It, I definitely think people should go and check it out. Hmm. Okay. But just know that it's kind of touristy. How far away is it from us? Uh, if you have like no traffic, it's like an hour, hour oh. and a half. Yeah, it's really not far. Never been. It's like well, when right. When you drove up there a couple weeks ago, you made it there in like an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was like no traffic, but um, it's the last exit before the Tappan Zee Bridge. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Bing sets the scene of Sleepy Hollow, small village among rolling hills. This is uh, quite the piece, uh, peaceful place filled with hauntings and superstitions. Is this considered a Halloween movie? Yeah. Well, I think so. Okay. I saw a lot of people online saying that they watch this like every October. They mm -hmm. just kind of skip the Mr. Toad fart <laughs> and they just go right to Legend of Sleepy Hollow. they just watch the other half where Disney... Okay. Yeah. We are then introduced to Ichabod Crane, a tall, slender, lanky man with a small head, big ears, and a long nose. Was Ichabod Crane a real person? I actually don't know that. Okay. I don't know. I think he was, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay. He was quite the sight to be seen, and he is the new teacher in town. In Sleepy Hollow, there's a group of rustic lads known as the Sleepy Hollow Boys. Very original, That's I know. That's a really cool gang name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were like, were they sleeping? No, nah, they, they were just, just like around. being lazy boys, okay. I guess you would say. Um, their leader is Brom Bones. He's like a mixture of Gaston and like Daniel Boone. Or like Literally, Davey okay, Crockett. so like Brom is in like B R O M. Yes. Just so everybody knows. Yes. Brom. Brom. Yeah. Which is a name, which is certainly a name. Mm -hmm. He looked like Gaston with the raccoon hat. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, tall, sl uh, tall, handsome, burly jock type. Um, later, so it's funny that you, that you both mentioned Gaston because down the road when Beauty and the Beast is being made, Brom serves as an inspiration for Gaston hmm. and Ichabod serves as an inspiration to Lum uh, Lumiere. Both hmm. like, more so like in human form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, that they're, makes sense. Yeah. But all... Actually, that does make sense, because when he gets turned back into a human, he does look interestingly he looks like, like uh, him. Ichabod, and yeah. I can't help but have noticed that there is a LeFou type. Yeah. Yeah. One and of the one of the woman. Sleepy Hollow boys. No, no yeah. the lady. No, the lady looks like Meriwether yes. from Sleeping Beauty, which is one of the little fairies. Oh, yeah, she does look mm -hmm. like Meriwether. But there yeah. is one of the guys. Oh, one of the guys that yeah. Yeah. Katrina kisses. Yeah. yeah. I was like, she's not going to kiss him. She yeah. Did. She did. She doesn't, she doesn't care. While Brom is one for practical jokes and making the boys laugh, the narrator assures us that there's no malice in his actions. Mm. He was the town hero and beloved by all. Seems like it. Yeah. They I mean, he, didn't, are, he right? didn't seem like a bad guy, though. He wasn't, nobody was the butt of the joke, you know? Except Ichabod. Not eventually, yeah. yes. But, like, but when no, they're like, setting the scene here, he's yeah. not... 
He's not a dick to yeah. anyone. Yeah. I just, don't think Bron Bones is like a bad guy. He's like he's, a jester. Like kind of. Oh, you mean Ichabod? No, no, no. I'm saying like Bron's kind of like a joker, but he's not like a dick. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's just, yeah. He's like, he's the class clown type yeah. thing. Yeah, but he's not a bully. No. Oh, this is kind of interesting too. So the horse, Brahm's horse is named Daredevil. And the voice is Pinto Kalvig, who is goofy. There's a voice for the for his horse? Nay. Noise is oh, the horse like, But that's what? Pinto Kalvig. Oh. And uh, Gunpowder is the name of Ichabod's horse. And that's Clarence Nash, who's Donald Duck. Oh. And the headless horseman is Billy Bletcher, who's Big Pete. So the Mickey wow. Mouse gang is in here. They're doing voices. That's so... Cute. It is cute. It explains the butt stuff in the forest. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> As the Sleepy Hollow Boys share a beer, they see Ichabod Crane walk into town, and the whole town is fascinated by this tall, lanky man. It's kind of like the reverse Belle. Yeah. I was just going to say it's like Belle, because like, yeah. his nose was in a book. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I literally, we were watching it last night, and I'm like, with her nose stuck in a book. Yeah. <laughs> Our next song plays, which is Ichabod Crane. Which is basically... There goes a baker yeah. with his tray like always. Yes. It's uh, it's sung by Bing Crosby. He does all the songs in this short. Yeah. Um, it just further describes Ichabod and gives the audience the indication that despite his interesting appearance, he's kind of a ladies' man. Somehow. All the women love him. Somehow. Somehow. I feel like what they're going for here is like um, he's so unique looking that yeah. he's got his own kind of attractiveness well, going see, on. Well, see, I said like a Frank Sinatra type, and you were like, "No, it's Bing Crosby," and I was like, "No," but like, no, I was just talking because, about the voice. Yeah, but like Frank Sinatra was like a really skinny, lanky guy, and the women just like. I think loved they both had him. blue eyes too. Oh, I well, kinda... Ichabod has green eyes. Oh, green eyes. Okay. Yeah, I kind of just assumed that it, they were attracted because he was like the only educated man. Oh. That too. Well. I mean, I'm going to touch on this after. We're going to go through this. Me too. I read the book. Oh, you did? Oh, yes. I meant to do that last one. night. <laughs> oh. We'll do that yeah. after. I meant to do that before, but I forgot. No, it's okay. Just we remind, do that me, after. remind me after, because yeah. I do want to get yeah. your opinion on that. At school, Ichabod is succeeding as a teacher. The students, while they poke fun at his appearance. And Which Ichab- is, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. why are the students poking fun? Because okay, kids are kids. Yeah. Ichabod shows restraint from whacking the children. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> Well, good. Yeah, because it's important to be on good graces with the children, especially if their mothers are good cooks. Yeah. Yeah, he was poking through all their uh, lunchboxes. Teachers don't make a good salary these days. (laughs) So, I'm assuming every woman in this town is either, like, single, widowed, or divorced, um, but with children, and Ichabod just intends to run through all these women. (laughs) They all have to be... He he pulls out a calendar. Yeah. And it details all events that women are going to be at. There's yeah. like a box plus, social. Plus his dinners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, okay, you you didn't watch The Sopranos, but last night I was like, wow, he's a schnorrer. He is Father Intentolo, <laughs> which is, which is right. a character from The Sopranos who's like kind of the same. He's, he's a priest, but he like eats all the women's food and like comes over their houses and it's like very weird. He preys on... Uh, What's the phrase in Carmel uses? Um, um, religiously... Religiously thirsty women or religiously hungry women yeah. or something like that. He just wants all the gabagoo. <laughs> yeah, basically. Was... I didn't realize he was at, like, his student's house to, like, hook up with the mom. I thought he was just, like, invited by the mother because... The... He's at least going for a meal. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know if he's... I think you're misinterpreting it. And I only say that because I read the book and it does touch on that. So he's just hungry. He does have a big appetite. So he does it, eat a lot. So uh, I'll just say this: in the book, he is actually housed by the families. 
So like, so every week, and they detail this, every week he moves to another student's home. Interesting, because he does have his own place in this. Yeah, but in the book he does not. Wait, his place is the school building, I thought. That's where he got ready to go see Katrina. Yeah, okay, but it's still, still where he yeah. lives. Yeah. yeah, but in the book, no. In the book, he is he lives with a family at a time, so that's why he's eating their their food because oh. he, they it's like the responsibility of the town to house the teacher and feed him. Some, oh. you know. Yeah, I thought he was just like, like, "Hey, what's your mom right? cooking tonight? Can mind if I come over? Yeah, no. Sex okay? Cool." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's not like that. So they did change it a little bit. But yeah, and he also, they noted that he always brought the hot gossip with him whenever he switched houses. Mm -hmm. He was a chatty guy. This is quite the town. Right? One morning, Ichabod is teaching three women how to sing. He serenades them and plays the piano and he blah, 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 boom. That's right. Um, outside the house, Bron plays a prank by having a dog howl while Ichabod sings. And these women think that that's Ichabod making that noise, and the they, howling. And they just swoon. They swoon and pass out. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ichabod just decides to have lunch with all these women, just pass out around him. He just pulls out a salad and just starts eating. Yeah. Um, the boys outside share a laugh, but Ichabod doesn't really pay any mind to this. No. It's no concern to him. Um, that was until one day, Brahm and Ichabod's paths would cross because of a woman. Ooh. That woman is Katrina Von Tassel, the daughter of the richest farmer in the county. Baltus. A blooming lass, plump as a partridge, Bing says. Yeah. I thought they said plump as a peach. Nope, they said partridge. Hmm. Who is Katrina? What do you mean? Who does she look like? Cinderella. Oh, oh yeah. No, she's she's Cinderella. This is Cinderella. Hands <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is like... like. Cinderella. Yeah, that's literally yeah. what it was. It look, just picture Cinderella, picture Gaston... And picture... Just in a different outfit. Yeah. yeah. But I also said this last night. Her character also looks a lot like... And her movements, you can kind of see it, looks like one of the female centaurs from Fantasia. Yes. Mm. And you can kind of see she it like when floats. she's dancing. Yeah. And like you can tell that the way they animated her dress is to compensate for the fact that they had to like make movements as a centaur. Mm-hmm. So she's like off balance. She looks like... She's got a big rump. Yeah. She's like bent over almost and her legs stick out weird yeah so like yeah tori is demonstrating this oh, for yeah, us oh, right yeah. now. <laughs> you should take a picture no don't do that that look weird but that'll anyway be the, that'll be the cover <laughs> yeah the next song plays uh katrina bing sings this one as well and it basically just talks about how lovely she is and how beautiful she is and all the men in town she are obsessed likes with to her. kiss and tell because romance is fun to her mm. but you could do more with helena and like angelina and all these girls. Mm-hmm. All these Enos. Yeah. Yeah. You could do more with them somehow. I'm like, oh. As Ichabod is on a picnic date with one of the town women, he spots Katrina and is instantly in love with she's her. She's blooming. Yeah. Ince. <laughs> she's blooming. She's blooming. In school, all the boys in class, because I think there was one girl, and she was hiding under a desk in fear. <laughs> That's the only girl that was in this class. Sounds All these boys right. are misbehaving. Um, the reason why they're misbehaving is because Ichabod is still head over heels obsessing about Katrina. To be fair, she does like kind of like swoon over to him and then like make eye contact with him real close and then swoon away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like he's just like, oof. So he's daydreaming Eat about his her. Hat. He, he does eat his hat, actually. <laughs> yeah. He puts the chicken on his head and eats his hat. Yep. 
He daydreams of her, but it's also clear that a big part of his desire comes from her father's farm yeah. and how it is a gold mine. And when the father kicks it, he'll be next in line. So there's not just love here. There's as there's money and aspiration yeah, yeah. involved. Well, well, he's a school teacher. I mean, you know, he lives in the school. Yeah. <laughs> he wants a place of his own. Yeah. yeah. Who can blame him? Ichabod and Brom begin their attempts to woo Katrina. Uh, Ichabod shows off his caring side by picking up all of her baggages that fell to the ground. Well, to be fair, all these other guys were also carrying all her shit, and he just like well, they got out Brom of the... scared them away. Yeah, they, well, they not even really scared them away. They saw Brom come, and they kind of just like admitted defeat and just yeah. like left. Yeah, that's true. So they didn't. It's not like Brom. It's see, that's what I'm saying. Brom's not really that much no, of an asshole. You're right. They, they just kinda... they saw him, and they kind of just realized like. Brom's so, got to speak. You know what like, kind of you know what kind of vibe I was getting. You know when like the couple that's together forever breaks up, but they're the high still yeah, but they're still kind of you know, and so like the girls like flirting around with all the other guys, and then the ex boyfriend comes and they're like ah, like because you know they're gonna get back together. Yeah, mm. that's the kind of vibe I was getting. Yeah, well, but they weren't previously a couple, were they? No, I don't think so. Okay. But I'm just that's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Ichabod swoops in first. He picks up all of her baggages and um, uh, escorts her back home with one arm. Um, The two come across a puddle in the road, so Ichabod naturally takes off his jacket, lays it down for her to cross over without getting wet. And Brahm is like, I got you beat. I'm going to swoop her up. Brahm just steamrolls on his horse and just runs the two of them over, but he manages to kidnap Katrina in the process, leaving Mm -hmm. Ichabod in the mud. It wasn't even the mud. It was, I think it was a poop river. Yeah. He left him in the poop. <laughs> but, wait, okay, can we just talk about the hanky? She throws him her hanky, right? And this man, you would think she threw him her fucking thong. Like, yeah. her panties were the hanky. Because yeah. he was, like, oogling them and sniffing them. And, like, I'm like... Licking it's a, them. Yeah, I'm like, it's a hanky. Like, what are you doing? I don't know. I think know. it was more so the symbol of the hanky. Like, oh, she cares about me. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I just was like, that's weird. <laughs> well, the handkerchief's enough, because Ichabod gives chase to Brom, who is taking Katrina back to her farm. Um, when he catches up to them, he walks Katrina to her door, and Brom is left holding all the baggages. Why Ica- do you keep saying bag? It's packages. Baggages is... That not baggage. Baggage is already the plural. Oh, all of her baggage. I'm just gonna say packages now. <laughs> now you're being I'm self-conscious. Sorry. It's not a big deal. It's just something. I but you noticed. pointed it out. <laughs> it's like the second or third time you've said it. It just you know. Well, Brahms left holding all of her packages. <laughs> Ichabod escorts Katrina all inside. Of all of her items. <laughs> while Brahm falls down with all of her packages. <laughs> Getting progressively angrier like me, um, he walks into the front door um, when Ichabod closes it behind him. When Ichabod comes back outside, Brom grabs hold of him and he's about to punch him until Katrina calls out from the window and the boys stop what they're doing to wave to her. But in the process, Ichabod escapes and Brom punches a tree. So a couple things here. Brom is a lefty, which I think is yeah. just notable. I don't know why. And also... Ichabod is kissing this flower inside the house and Brom hears the kissing noises and he thinks that Ichabod and Katrina are kissing and he is losing it. Mm-hmm. He's like, what are you doing to my girl? Get out of here with your rage. Yeah. So Ichabod escapes. Bron, I think, gets hit in the head with a horseshoe. And Doesn't he fall down a well? He falls down a well as well. <laughs> and Ichabod has won this battle over Bron. Bron, excuse me. 
I wasn't going to say anything. I've been saying Brahm. I know. I've been good. I've been listening. Fast forward, Ichabod has received an invitation to Katrina's father's annual Halloween party from Katrina herself. P.S. Please come, Katrina. Mm-hmm. Ichabod is very excited for the night, and he's going to win over Katrina for good tonight. So he's doing his ponytail really extra good. Yeah. He's grabbing the chalkboard dust and putting it on his face yeah, as you do. So you know, how you pe- put pressed powder on your face, yeah. I suppose. Wouldn't it make you weird? Look more ghostly. Maybe he was going for a ghostly effect. It was <laughs> maybe, a Halloween party. Maybe that's the key there to is, why all the women are obsessed there about There is him. one thing that you didn't point out, which I only noticed the second time we watched it. In the beginning, when Ichabod is walking down, like, the main street in the beginning, he is almost walking under a ladder and, like, automatically diverts out from the ladder. There's a black cat crossing his path, and he, like, takes the hook of his umbrella and, like, moves the cat so it doesn't cross his path. So you can tell... If you're like paying attention, that he is a superstitious man. That's a very good point, and, and that comes in yeah. salt and threw it yes. on his shoulder. Yes. That's a very so, good point that I did not realize. You're yes. absolutely right. Ichabod is a very superstitious man. Yep. Okay. Brahm is also at this party. Ichabod is dancing with Katrina while Brahm observes in frustration. As he sulks in the corner, the uh, the woman that Ichabod ditched earlier at the picnic. How would you describe this woman? <laughs> Um, she's short and has a short, dark haircut, and she's plump. Pleasantly plump. Yeah. That's a good way she of putting She looks really nice, though. I mean, they said Katrina was plump, right? They did. Plump as a partridge. So I guess this woman is more round. Yes. Busty. No. She's round. Rubenesque. Sure. I like that. So, okay, so, like, the, the cliche being that nobody wants to dance with her because she's, like, the short fatty. Which I disagree with, but that's the standard at the time. I mean, but look, you're sitting on the bench, and so is Brom, so like... Yeah. Don't be so hard on yourself, sis. Because yeah. <laughs> well, Brom could have danced with anybody else, even though Katrina was dancing with Ichabod. Like, get the next best-looking girl. That's true. He could have danced with literally anyone. Mm-hmm. Well, the two make eye contact with the eye contact with each other, and Brahm is instantly disgusted. He by like this turns one. away, and he's, he's like, like Ugh. he literally shudders. He yeah. goes, Ugh. so mean, and she feels so bad, and she literally sits there and sulks, and she's like, Ugh. and I'm like, this dick, like I know, he's just a typical high school boy, honestly. Well, he then hatches an idea. He will dance with this woman and cut in on Katrina, and thus swapping dance partners with Ichabod. Yep. Now. So he thought. This woman accepts the dance invitation from Braun, but her method of dancing is very chaotic and, and bouncing all over the place. It's very, like, intense. And giggling the whole yeah, time. squeezing and giggling. She doesn't even know what's going on. Like, she's she, just overjoyed. Yeah, she's leading, I think, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, like, crazy. She's, like, roaring 20s I dancing. I felt like the screen was shaking. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Uh, the music picks up the pace, and Brahm successfully unloads the eager woman onto Ichabod. The two then take turns passing this woman back and forth between each other. Finally, Brahm has had enough of her and can't shake her, so he throws her in a closet and barricades the door <laughs> with a chair. so mean. But also, it's important to note that the whole time that Katrina's dancing with Ichabod, she's, like, making eyes over at Brahm. She she's is, like, she she is do about it. But then in favor Brahm, of this battle for her. Yeah. But then when Brahm gets her... For like two seconds, she's looking at Ichabod. Like, I know. Hey. She's a flirt. She, she's egging these two she on to battle for her. She, oh, yeah. that. Yeah. That's it. That's what she wants. You're right. 
Brahm then notices a door on the dance floor that leads to the basement. Mm -hmm. And he opens the door trying to get Ichabod to fall in while dancing. It's a wonderful lifestyle. Yeah. Um, his plan is ruined, however, when the eager woman from before escapes the closet and chases after Brahm, causing him to fall in through the door instead into the basement. The dance concludes with Ichabod winning yet another battle, but Brahm intends to win the war. When the hour grows late, Katrina's father called upon all his guests to tell ghost stories. Because that's what they like to do. And the other thing that was very pointed in the book is that, like, well, I don't know if it was pointed, but I was also researching a little bit. So, like, the, this is, like, a very Dutch community. They mentioned Dutch. Yeah. And, like, I guess, I don't know. But I guess the the thing is, is that, like, Dutch people are very superstitious and have, like, a lot of, like, supernatural kind of, like, lore. So that's where a lot of this, like, kind of stems from because it was such a heavily Dutch community. Well, Ichabod is very superstitious, and Rom knows that. And I'm just a little stitious, but... I'm a little <laughs> stitious, yeah. Um, he knows that Ichabod is very superstitious, and he knew that there was no bigger believer in spooks and scares than Ichabod Crane. Yep. So, Brahm then tells the tale of the Headless Horseman. Our next song is also sung by Bing Crosby. It's the Headless Horseman. I didn't um, realize. So it took me, like, I was thinking this through for a while. I thought he just made up the story of the Headless Horseman. Mm-hmm. Right there on the spot. And I was like, how, like, does the rest of these people know this tale? It's the tale about what goes on outside on Halloween night. Go, uh, ghosts and ghouls, but the Headless Horseman is the worst of them all. It's a ghost who rides a horse. He carries a sword and his own head, which is that of a flaming pumpkin. Yep. Every year, he sets out on Halloween night looking for someone else's head to take and make a swap. Yep. Ichabod is scared and nervous hearing this tale. Like, over the course of the tale, he just gets progressively more nervous as he's, he's trying to eat. profusely sweating. <laughs> he's hiding in his own clothes. Katrina finds this all hilarious. Yeah, she's, she's laughing yeah, at him. She's, she's cackling. Well, because you know why? Because she doesn't have to go out. It's her house. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, none of you guys are I spending it. I uh, Brahm warns the party guests, when you leave tonight, make for the bridge, because once you cross the bridge, you're safe. But if you don't, the Headless Horseman will claim you as his newest victim. Aha. So. And you get a pumpkin for a head. Yeah. Just kidding. Your DEA yeah. dead. Yeah. The party, con- uh, the party ends and everybody goes home. I guess everybody else made it through fine, but Ichabod is traveling down the road alone yeah, like, on a dark this night. Really slow horse Who, that he borrowed. Whatever happened? Safety in numbers. I don't know why they didn't just all like. Because isn't he going home with like some? Right? I don't know. Also, I'm like, sure. wouldn't you just like? I don't know. Maybe this isn't the right way to go. But once you approach the forest, wouldn't you just book it? I well, would. I think he tried to, but the horse was really. Oh, slow. his horse was doing him no favors. Yeah, that horse was like mm, wrong. So he travels slowly. At first, whistling, but on high alert. Which, like, if you know anything about any kind of, like, lore, and I've said this for, like, a long time, I mean, like, look at, like, Appalachian superstition. Like, you do not whistle in the woods at night. Yeah. Like... What are the rules of the forest? If you see it, no, you don't. If you hear it, no, you don't. The end. And don't whistle. And don't respond to your name. And if it sounds closer to you, that means it's farther away. And if it sounds farther away, it's closer to you. Those are the rules. Just so we all got that clear. I don't know that last rule. Mm -hmm. I'm glad glad I learned something. Yep. He travels slowly and he's spooked by trees and birds howling in the night. He hears frogs and crickets calling out his name. Yeah. 
Um, he hears approaching horse steps and then realizes that they're not coming from his horse. His, his horse is tired and lays down to go to sleep right in the middle of the forest. <laughs> On a gravestone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he discovers that the noise is coming from plants brushing up against the fallen tree. He begins to laugh maniacally. Um, yeah, as the subtitles say, gone is, wild. He's yeah. losing his mind in this forest. Yeah. He's letting his, his imagination run away. Yeah. He shares a laugh with his horse, and then the two of them are joined by an evil cackle ah, of the headless horseman. Not quite like that. I just That was a really good impression. <laughs> he just goes, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like the Amanda show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the headless horseman appears in all of his terrifying glory. He swings his sword at Ichabod's head, but misses, probably because he doesn't have a head, and the two embark on a chase. So the whole time I thought it was Brom because Brom has a black horse and this is I want a black you to horse. save that to the end. Okay. Save that to the end. Uh, Ichabod races through the forest with the headless horseman chasing, swinging his sword. The pursuit continues on until Ichabod finally sees the bridge that Brom talked about earlier on. Ichabod knows if he crosses the bridge, he's safe, and the ghost's powers end. See now, like if you've played Red Dead. Oh, the bridges. You know that that bridge ain't safe because on the uh, other side is like Pinkertons waiting for you lurking. Oh, God. Okay. I wouldn't have crossed that bridge. They're the bad guys. Yeah. Mm. Guns. It's like in the video game. So like when you cross bridges, like they're hiding under the bridge and then you just get like ambushed as soon as you get across the bridge Uh, and you're like, oh, fuck. I thought he would have had to pay the troll toll. Get into the boys hole. Um, Ichabod narrowly escapes as he crosses the bridge with the headless horseman stopping at the other side. Ichabod turns and looks back, and when he does, he sees the headless horseman throw his flaming pumpkin head at Ichabod, crashing into the camera as the scene turns to black. (gasps) And when we fast forward to the next morning... The next day... All that was found at the scene was Ichabod's hat and a smashed pumpkin. No trace of Ichabod. Brahm and Katrina end up marrying each other, because one of them is out of the picture, so I guess I'll go with you. (laughs) Um, There were rumors that Ichabod was still alive, married to a wealthy widow in a distant county. With children all with ponytails, with the same bow. It's just his head on smaller bodies, basically. (laughs) Others believe that this is not true, and that instead he was claimed by the headless horseman that night. He was spirited away by the horseman. The scene then goes back to the live-action bookcase with the Legend of Sleepy Hollow book closing and being put back on the bookshelf as the movie comes to an end. Did you now? No- oh, good. Did you notice that the moon was like hands grasping yeah, the moon? I, thought I it was did cool. see that. All right, so there's a lot to unpack with the ending here. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. There are. Did Ichabod make it through the night? I don't know. I don't know either. Who can say? Did the headless horseman claim him? <gasps> Was that actually the Headless Horseman, or was that Brom dressed up as him? There's actually... I, now, you knew the story. You listened to it the other night. Well, I knew the story anyway, though. Okay, now... But you but you listened to it. hmm I read that there's some... They kind of hint that it was Brom dressed up. They do hint that way. But never officially... No. So the way that the story goes, it's, like, very similar to this. Um, except... Katrina is very much like interested in Brom and it, like she it gets kind of clearer in the book that she is interested in Brom and kind of just like poking fun at Ichabod the whole time. Oh. And then the reason so they tell the ghost story at the house but 
Ichabod at that point is like very like cocky about like being with Katrina and then it kind of comes out at the party that she's kind of just like fucking with him and he gets very embarrassed and he gets very upset mm-hmm. and he leaves early. Oh. Yes. Oh, so that's why he was alone. That's why he was alone. So, so he's upset and mortified and like she basically she wanted to be with Brom like the whole time. So So I think she was just trying to make him jealous. So why would Brom leave? Well, dressed up as a headless. I Russian. think in the book the implication is also that like Brom doesn't know that. No, okay. he knows that, but like he's just he's a douche. Is he more of a bully? In- well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know if I would say that, but like I think that that's kind of like the okay, you know, just to kind of stick to him, right? Well, and so at the end, they so like uh, someone else says it's it's put a little more clearly. Like they're like, no, he like went to another county and like entered law. And, like, got married and had kids and all that. And he became a judge. So, mm-hmm. like, he really, like, they kind of spell out for you, like, yeah. Well, like, it was Brom oh, Yeah, like, maybe up. he was just, like, yeah, oh. so embarrassed that he ran off to another county. Right, yes. And and also, and, like, when you look up, like, the symbolism of the book, um, Ichabod is kind of, like, this, like, every man's folly kind of thing where like it doesn't matter how smart you are you can still fall for like and be misguided by like superstition and like putting Mm -hmm. your beliefs in like certain things and Mm -hmm. stuff like that so like the idea of like spirited away or claimed by the horseman is more of like a symbolic like he was spirited away with his superstition and so like he didn't die because Instead, he, like, but the horseman still claimed him because he, like, let his emotions carry him away. Yeah. And he got cocky yeah, and all this stuff. claimed him by yeah. getting rid of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To another county. But the horseman is an actual lore. Like, it's an actual thing. And they go more into it in the book. He is, pre- like, presumed to be a Hessian. Like, a, I think a Germanic soldier that was, and they don't even name the war. Like, I don't even know what... Why would that that be in Tarrytown, New York? I know. It's like, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think it was German. I could be wrong. But, like, it was a soldier that lost his head. Mm-hmm. And that is where... And he was buried under, like, a tree without that... Like, uh, you know... Did he lose his head and the horse didn't know and kept riding? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's definitely possible. It is. But, like, yeah, so he was buried under this, like, tree, which became, like, a portal of evil... And stuff like that. So, like, it's a real, it's a real lore. Right. And that also ties into, if you've watched the Johnny Depp movie, that, which is, like, Sleepy Hollow. Is it scary? It is scary, but, like, only when you're a kid. Like, now it's just, like, spooky. Okay. It's not, like, scary, So, like, I could watch it on my own. Oh, yeah, you could. I mean, like, I would want to watch it with you because I like that movie. (laughs) But, but, yeah, you could watch it on your own. Um, And that movie doesn't follow the lore per se, but it does have a lot more like hints of the actual original story that make it like kind of make more sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I was just waiting for Brom to pop out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he peeked in the in the head or they peek. He peeks in the headless horseman's headless head. Thank you. I could not get the words out. But well, what's also interesting is I saw that like Brom and. The headless horseman kind of have a similar horse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she said that. Hillary said that. Oh, I thought you were just talking about like him peeking in. No, no, she said that earlier. And, and, you, said, said, oh, and you said save that's it. That's okay. You did say that. That's right. So like, they leave it ambiguous and they leave it open for interpretation. Mm. But like, it it could be Brom. It could be the actual headless horseman. The other thing in the book, sorry. No go. That they say when asked about Ichabod Crane years later, 
and Brom, like, everybody always brings up the pumpkin. Like, oh, there was a smashed pumpkin, and Brom always has a good laugh whenever the pumpkin is mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that, like, is also, like, kind of a nod to, like, yeah, it was him, and he was like, the pumpkin was a good touch kind of thing. Yeah. I would love to know, like, what, like, Disney, if they were, like, like, them giving, I mean, it goes against the complete nature of the ending, I feel like, but I wonder what they thought, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, well, when I go to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party in a few weeks, now you'll know who the headless horse is. I'm gonna say, "Where's Ichabod? What did you do with Ichabod?" Pull him aside, be like, "I'm literally gonna shout." Headless horse can come over here. Let me, let me get a good look. Yo, sir, come here. Give me, let me get a look. Well, he can't see you doing that. Oh yeah. Horse, come here. You're like, why is he trying to get any of our heads? Hmm, that's a good point. Because he's got Ichabods. And also, like, in the, the lore of the Headless Horseman, like, does he need to get a new head every year? Or once he gets a head, is he, like, good to go? I think, I don't know, actually. I don't really remember reading mm-hmm. anything specific about that, but I'm sure it exists. Yeah. Can't put a price on good head. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's always looking for a better head. <laughs> Where's your joke? I'm not making a joke oh, okay. like that. <laughs> I can't think of anything better <laughs> than what you guys just did. I didn't even mean to make it sexual until I said that. Until I said, <laughs> looking for a better head. Me too. I'll just quote six. And my father told me I should really try to get ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this one better than the Mr. Toad one. I liked both of them. I like both of them too, but I I, like I, too. I found myself really enjoying this one more. Really? Um, like I could see myself going back and watching this half and not the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, we just like it because it's almost spooky season. Yeah. yeah, that's probably true. I think it's interesting that like if you consider Brom to be the villain, he, if you do, some people may not. Yeah. But if you do, this is one of the few stories where the Disney villain get, he actually wins. He wins. Yeah. He gets the girl. He. Ichabod is gone. I, you know? Um, you don't see that often. And I think it's very unlike Disney to do ambiguous endings. I feel like everything they do has a problem. But Keep going. No, I was just going to say, I feel like every Disney movie has a problem. It's solved by the end. They live happily ever after. They kind of tie a bow and everything. But they rarely do stories like this where like they kind of leave it up to the viewer. To decide how things went that night. How did the... Did we talk about... Oh, we talked about how the audience reacted to this as a whole for both yeah. movies. Yeah. I thought it was just for Mr. Toad. No, it's for both. For both. I don't think I, I really could find anything split on the yeah. two stories. Except but... that parents complain about this being scary. Yeah, the, a lot of parents said that the Headless Horseman was terrifying to their children, which, I mean, he's kind of supposed to be, you know what I mean? He's a Headless Horseman. Yeah. I mean, want. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, I like this one. I, I thought this, I thought it actually brought up the whole movie as a whole. Because, like, the, the Mr. Toad part, I was... Yeah. Yeah, if that. Mr. Toad was on its own, people, I'm sure people would be like, what the fuck was this shit? Yeah. yeah. Fucking Toad causing havoc. <laughs> like... Yeah, it was um, him dressed as the headless horse. Yeah, oh. that, that would have been so funny if Master Mr. Toad just like yeah. hopped out, and that's how they tied the two stories yeah. together. Perfect, Victoria. <laughs> Man. Um, it's like I should have been a Disney writer. <laughs> should have been a damn Imagineer. Right? Closing thoughts on the whole movie as a whole, not just Sleepy Hollow. Anything you want to add? Um, interesting combo. Yeah. Very different. Yeah, pairing. I don't know why they thought these would be like good together. Good, yeah, but titles a little misleading. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed both of them. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the Legend of Sleepy Hollow probably better. 
because um, I like the characters, but I also really enjoy The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. As I you grew know, up with it. It's kind of interesting because, like, we're getting into almost October and, like, Freeform, for example, yeah. does, like, Halloween movies the whole month. Yep. Long. And granted, only half of this is Halloween related, but, like, it, you don't see this on TV no. ever. Nope. But I feel like it's something that fits in the whole month of October. Yeah. And something that, like, would be good to watch yeah. the whole family, really. You I know, agree. And you can watch the Toad part if you want, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was... I, I'd give it a thumbs up, yeah. personally. Just now excited for Mickey's Not So Scary. All right, well, let's get into that. Well, Adventures of uh, Ichabod and Mr. Toad is watched and reviewed for your listening pleasure. Thanks for listening to the We Watch Disney podcast, everybody. We have now put a bow on season two. Oh, we're yeah. officially done with season two. What's coming up? Next time, season three, which Drum means roll. we're in the decade of the 50s. <laughs> to kick off our journey through the 50s, Cinderella. Funny because yesterday when I was working, I was like, I really could use some background noise, and I was like, I should put on Cinderella, and I never did. I just kept the birds on. Well, TV. now you can Guys, watch it. That's and so. We can talk I was about so it. close to putting on Cinderella. Wow. So yeah, that's gonna be the season three premiere, if you will, of Cinderella, We Watch Disney Podcast. Be sure to follow on Twitter at We Watch Disney. Spread the word and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're on there too. Um, you can also find the We Watch Disney Podcast on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash at We Watch Disney Podcast. There's like condensed versions of these episodes that we do. Cut out all the fluff before and, you know, after. Also, like to mention that if Disney World is your thing, to check us out on YouTube at We Went to Disney. We go to Disney World and we blog about it. Food reviews, resort tours, all that stuff. Somebody's going soon. Yeah, in three weeks. What are you going to do when you're there? I'm going to do, oh, mm, I'm going to Animal Kingdom. I'm going to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. Woo. I'm going to Epcot, and all of the new things will be there. Like Epcot, what? Like Moana Journey of Water. Well, it's mm. actually not going to be open yet, but I will be there for the passholder preview. Ooh. And then I can meet Figment. Disney just announced all these They're things like, oh, today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Figment's going to be tomorrow. You guys can meet Figment tomorrow. Like, imagine tomorrow you can meet Figment. That's crazy. Well, I'm looking forward to all of that. I know, me too. And you should be too. We could do Soren over California. Is that what it's called? So I missed that one. Wait, Soren's coming back over California? Yes. Yes. Really? Yeah. For, oh okay, God. I sent this to Jamie Lee. Disney Parks just announced, starting September 22nd, Soarin' Over California will return to Epcot for a limited time in honor of Disney 100. <sighs> wow. Oh, you're so going to go on that? I'm going to go on, so I've never been on that before. Really? I've never been to Disneyland. How would I go on Soarin' Over California? Well, it used to, it used to be, be in, in Disney, Disney World. World. But that was before your time at that. Yeah, I'm oh, like wow. a Disney movie. You're going to like it so much. I know, I'm so excited. I can't oh. wait to smell the orange groves. Yeah. Oh. All this cool stuff can be found where? We went you, to Disney on YouTube. YouTube.com slash at. We went to Disney. Or WWTD. No. We oh, God. went to Disney. Official. Official. There we go. Sorry, we're really bad. You'll get it one of these I don't days. Know. That's two, just, a, two times in a row. I'm tried. just subscribed, so I just get Yeah, I just get notifications. YouTube.com slash at. We went I mean, to but Disney. What if Official. You no, but no one goes on YouTube.com. You have the YouTube app. Yeah, but I think if you search on the app at. We went to Disney Official, we should come. We should. Or if you just search, we went to Disney. It just comes Look up for the purple way. circle. You see five faces on a purple circle. That's purple us. circle. Purple yep. circle. And I think I've talked enough, so that's gonna do it for us. And it's a goodbye from Toya. Hail 
Nichols. And Dan, and of course... Thanks for listening to our web talk.